Just leave him alone. He got the job done. You guys can clean up. We're not working for any mutant lover. What's wrong? Was my job no good? No, no. They wanted to crush, uh, knock over the building. Comrades, let us all work together. Welcome to Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and now your host, AJ Orsini. How the hell is everybody out there? This is AJ Orsini, and I am your host for Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and I am here with episode 33, double thrace here, the 33rd episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and I want to take this time right out of the gun. I thank all of you for listening once again to the show. We are vastly approaching our 1,000th download, guys. So keep sharing, keep liking, and keep enjoying the show. If you are listening, you probably already know this, but if not, share the information. You can catch my show every Wednesday, 9 p.m. by going to ajoum.podbean.com. But if you don't feel like downloading the app, I say it every week, I'll say it again. I don't work for Podbean, so if you don't feel like getting the Podbean app, that is okay because you can always get your Orsini Uncensored Mind Fix by also going to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, and the TuneIn Radio app, and you can get your Orsini satisfaction by heading over to those platforms. And we are here once again with another special edition. I am not alone this evening. I am with a guest. I have not done an interview in quite some time. As a matter of fact, I was the last interview. Uh, I've had two, actually more than two. I've had two interviews, but technically speaking, I've had four guests on this show. The last one was a group, but I'm here with a special, special gentleman. This gentleman holds a special place in my heart, a colossal space, some might say. Uh, we, we've, we've run the roads together for quite a few years, and, and I'm glad to have him on the show. It's actually an honor for me to have this guy on my show. He traveled quite a distance to be here for all you fucks who keeps giving me the excuse he, okay, he came today. He is in the house of O. He's in the house of Orsini. Ladies and gentlemen, no further introductions for the colossal Mike Law. Mr. Law, how are you doing, buddy? I am great. I'm, I think I'm going to hire you to be my ring announcer going forward. That was <laughs> I, actually pretty I've amazing. I've been your ring announcer before. <laughs> yeah, but like, but show no, to show. Per, your you personal know, We're going to bring you, you to Atlantic City this month. <laughs> um, no, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, like it's, we've known each other for a while, so it's absolutely it's yeah. one of those things where we finally got to sit down. I'm happy that I'm here. Um, this is such a cool setup. I appreciate you again having me. And uh, yeah, man. I mean, like I said, it's it's one of those things where you know uh, I, I I got I get like I get like uh, I was started blushing for a little bit because well, of that great yeah, intro like, I, got, like, I just wow. gave you. Like, yeah. I, I, you're actually making me sound better than I really am. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I intend to do that for the next hour and change. Uh, 
I want to make sure that the goal is very clear for the audience here as far as I'm concerned. We were just talking about this a little bit off air. We'll get more into specifics. But this this gentleman who's sitting in front of me, I truly believe, was one of the most overlooked guys, especially in the scene that I'm in and uh, here in New York, definitely in the Northeast. Uh, I'm talking to all you other promoters outside of that, too. This is definitely a gentleman that you should be hitting up. The guy had, does not have a, uh, a fear of flying. He does not have uh, any issues with uh, three stars and up when it comes to the hotels. This guy is willing <laughs> to travel, and uh, he's worth every penny here. So, Mike, uh, I opened up by saying you and I have known each other a long time. I think this relationship began about 2002. We're looking back at the old Lou days. I'm, I'm sorry, 2012. There's another yeah, digit yeah, yeah. in there. Back at the old Lou days back in, uh, in Brooklyn. <laughs> Are we not allowed to mention them? <laughs> is, there, is there a lawsuit oh, I've pending? Already, I've already shit on them a couple of times okay. on here. As a matter of fact, the last two, obviously the last two interviews I did, or with people that I had met through that venue as well. I'm actually now you met the, you met the good guys through there. Well, no, I mean we have a history with. Yeah. I'm used the wrong word. Not oh, met. We yeah. have a we have a mutual history. Our careers began there. Obviously, Negro was before then, but I met him through those channels. Yes. So yes. I mean that that was the basis of, of of my beginnings. Your beginnings was not there. You were already a pro before. Yeah. Before that, when, when was old, your man. What, what's your official pro date when you uh, began? So you know, I, I started training like when I was I was started training when I was young. I was I was 15 years old, which in retrospect, man, I, I don't know. Ooh, like that bump car started early. <laughs> it, it, it did, and and everyone could tell you that I was not scared to take anything, any bumps, any like type, like any any moves, because the way I was brought up in the business, it was like, I mean, I was I was coming in in a time frame that in indie wrestling there was a big like either you were on you know you were gas to the gills or you were like a sloppy heavyweight or you know you were big guys you were just yeah. and so they didn't like guys like me and and rightfully so you know like i was a yeah i was a toothpick you know what i mean and 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 i in retrospect i probably should have held off a little bit longer but you know i didn't make the wrestling team in high school you know and that kind of made me I love pro wrestling, so I go. If, right. I, can't, if I can't make the high school, I'm gonna I'm gonna be part of this business. I'm gonna be part of wrestling <laughs> somehow. And uh, the first guy, and I always bring this up to him. He, he won't remember because I mean he's done so much. Like why would right. he rem- remember like this situation? But the very first guy I ever got in the ring with was in in Best Eye Arena, Puerto Rico, in this broken down church. Um, was homicide. It's so, God damn! This guy's name <laughs> keeps coming up on my show every fucking. What? Jesus I mean, he's done, he's, his career spans so long. I mean, it, New York wrestling, it, for all intents and purposes, is homicide. Like, well, I'm trying. What, listen, he's a he's he's okay with coming on the show. We just haven't been able to work out a schedule. But the same thing happened. Episode 16, I did EC Negro. We sat here in Bloom. I sat here with the goat in Bloom, and now let's bloom now with you. So what happened here at the Arena well, no, de Puerto Rico? It, it was more like okay, so I didn't know him. You know, I didn't know him. Right. And obviously, didn't know who the hell I was. So I, you know. He, I remember him saying like work, but I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> so you know, I was green horn. I was literally that was the first time I've ever been inside of a ring. The greenest of horns. And he and and I I told him I, I thank him I thanked him a couple months ago when I saw him and and, and I mentioned I mentioned it every time I see him because, but it's one of those things where um, I was like he could have killed me and and he didn't and which you know hats off to him because I had no business being in the ring. Uh, later on in that same training session, they hung me upside down and they took my shirt off and they did like a conga line and they all proceeded to chop me and yeah. you know pay like, those dues, bitch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, welts. <laughs> I mean, welts from like all over my body. I mean, the 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 thing about that is like 
you do that now, right, and yeah. you're, yeah, you're looking, yeah, you're looking yeah, to go yeah. to you, you're looking to go to jail, local like you know, yeah, uh, it's a uh, civil suit now. Yeah, most likely, or <laughs> yeah, or a lawsuit, which is probably worse. Yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, so, like that was just one of those lessons to be learned. But I, to me, I don't regret any of it because it made me tough. It made me. It, you know, some of the times it was a little overboard with some of the other guys that used to train in places like the doghouse. Yeah. But for the most part, it, you know, it made me who I am. I, my first professional match, my first paid match was in uh, NWA Over the Top with a guy you might know, Sam Shields. Of course, uh, yeah, the machine. I go, I go <laughs> way too long with that, like many years with that guy. Uh, that was the first match. I don't know if I you had. know, former 2KW Tag Team Champion. Was he? What yes, was? he was. I don't remember. I don't remember. I, I just remember when, when we brought him in, at, at Pete had mentioned to me that a, in a previous life, uh, before he became the machine. Wait, wait, yeah. no, but, okay, okay. Yeah. And, and let's go back to this. Cause, <laughs> yeah, wait, we'll Pete, put a pin on that one. Well, I'm going to do it now because I'll, I'll forget my short-term memory shot. But uh, uh, so Pete, we're going to talk about 2KW, Pete, right. you know. Uh, he, he we're jumping the gun on this, but we're yes. jumping the gun yeah. here. But I, 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 I just I, I feel it that, that one. Yeah. So, so Sam Shields, who, who, who I, him and I, kind of like stylistically are a little bit more along the same lines. Uh, but I wasn't, I wasn't the guy. Like I wasn't good enough. Come on. No, but this was before I was even in 2KW. So Fair enough. He had to tell me. He was like, oh, <laughs> he used to work for me. I was like, well, isn't that cute? <laughs> so listen, I, you just told this amazing uh, story right now about this, uh, the, the, the grit, the determination. You just really wanted to be in this business. Yeah. And, and you got on the roll, and I didn't want to cut you off, but I, I want to talk more about that grit and determination. Because before, uh, when I met you, you already had it. But I'm sure there had to come a day previous that that made you say okay i want to be a professional wrestler so let's let's genesis this bitch okay uh -huh. let's take take me <laughs> take me back to little mikey for a second okay what was your first exposure your first time really getting to see this pro wrestling stuff because you said to yourself in high school you went for the high school team you didn't make it out but you really wanted to be in pro wrestling when did that start well i know uh, even more so at christ the king high school middle village i asked a coach from that wrestling team about being on the team i was Dude, I was like 90. I was probably 87 pounds. I forgot to mention to you before we started this podcast that I'm officially downloaded in like eight other countries. Okay. So Middle Village is in Queens. Just outside Queens, of Queens, guys. New York. It's Queen. one of the boroughs. It's in Queens. Yes. one of the boroughs. So I have to be. Yeah. This is not enough. one of those rinkadink fucking places <laughs> you've been to. This is a real podcast. Okay? Uh, yeah, yeah. This, this shit gets downloaded legit. in okay. places. Okay. So <laughs> we can't just stay indie New York. We have to be a little <laughs> bit more vague about that. We have broader uh, horizons. outside of Queens. Outside of, of Queens, boroughs, New York. Is where uh, this guy used to run. So there ahead, you yeah. go. So, but the coach laughed at me. <laughs> the coach, he, he laughed, laughed at, at me when I asked. He went, when, Wouldn't be the last time somebody laughed at you for wrestling. <laughs> when I no, when I had asked him about like being on the wrestling team, right? And he mind me, I was like what fourteen years old. And I go, that's not the one. That's not the response I was looking for. You well, know? Yeah, exactly. So I, you know, that kind of led my path. But as far as when I first started, man, well. Like everyone talks about Hogan, and I was a huge Hogan fan, obviously. But, yeah, obviously. Uh, but the, the first the Pope was a Hogan fan. Everyone, the yeah, the, the, everyone the first live right. the first live show I ever watched that made me want to be a pro wrestler was Randy Savage versus Ricky Steamboat at MSG inside of a steel cage, and that was the night that my uncle almost got his like our, all our asses kicked. I was like six years old, I think, but I remembered it. it was a drunken fan type situation. No, well, yeah, well, yeah, my uncle was you know he was the drunk fan. <laughs> But he had one of those air horns, you know? Oh, and those shit. things are a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. And so this this dude's like, he, I mean, it's just, 
that for some reason that thing was not in that that the, the air or whatever it is that's that's in there just would not stop and he just kept doing it and he's i remember these italian guys being right in front of us mm-hmm. my dad's there and, and another brother of his and, and me and my brother my older brother are there and he's and they're telling him to cut it out. They turn around, they Knock grab it, they off. do it, and my good, and it just it went off there, man. And and you're sitting here trying to watch. I'm trying to watch the it. steel cage yeah. match here. I'm like, and guys, your, your uncle's having the real yeah. brawl over here. <laughs> the the main event was far more entertaining than the brawl. Anyway, uh, gee, so. I would assume. Uh, uh, as a, as a, I don't think your uncle was working very well <laughs> at that intoxication level. Oh. But so that's coming. That's kind of your first experience uh, yeah. at that live event. I mean, what what uh, what led to wanting to even go to this event? Did you ever capture on TV? Or no, you know, the wrestling it's so buddies. Weird. Like, what was it that really like? What was your first time going? Oh shit! What's this? I I don't I don't recall like the reasoning. I I think my dad just you know my dad's a big basketball fan. He was mm-hmm. like he liked wrestling, but my uncle was a diehard wrestling fan. But my mom's side, my grandfather who passed away the year I was born. Uh, was a huge wrestling fan, so mm-hmm. everyone thought it was like a rite of passage, you know, even mm-hmm. because of the fact that I was born like February second. I'm gonna say the year because I don't want to date myself here, but whatever. <laughs> but he that same year, he, don't be uh, such a woman about it. Just go ahead. <laughs> that same year, he uh, he passed away, and um, it was one of those things where I think you know my dad saw that I watched it on TV maybe, mm-hmm. and saw that I was interested in. My older brother kind of liked it, semi, you know, and so he took us to, uh, you know, it was just a bonding thing with the kids. Up until he almost got you shivved. In, yeah, in, yeah. In, almost got thrown down. In the, the floor, floor section. <laughs> no, nosebleeds. Those, 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 oh, those were the yeah, nosebleeds. No, oh, all right. Let's not kid ourselves. We're still uh, <laughs> poor Spanish Puerto Ricans and <laughs> living in New York. Christ. <laughs> but that's one of the beautiful things about it because there's a lot of the – you can tell a lot by a pro wrestler, in my opinion – Based on the answer to that question, because it takes me back to the old the old Tough Enough show yeah. where they asked, "What was your favorite match?" And she was, you know, Melina and Alicia Fox. I mean, you can kind of tell. Did you see me roll my eyes? Yeah, no, you knew exactly see, where I was headed with that, right? See, see me rolling my eyeballs. The 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 performer who can't really put a finger on it, whose answer is, I don't know. It's just always been there. To me, yeah. those were always the most passionate performers. Yeah. They're doing this because it's second nature. It's an instinct. There's something in them that says, okay, I have to be here. Those are the people that usually, in my opinion, tend to last. The people who picked it up late and they're doing it as a hobby or they thought it was cool on TV, they don't usually tend to last. Um, I, pro- I mean, there's those very, rare, rare exceptions, but I couldn't agree more Like the that. uber-talented ones. Yeah. The ones who just take to it like a duck to fucking water. Yeah. I mean, you know, your current angles of the world who just wake up one day and just said, okay, I'll try it. And he's just under the The Brock Lesnar's of the world. As a a promoter, (laughs) as a booker, you give me a choice between two guys who is here because he just doesn't know anything else to do as opposed to the guy who might have a little talent, but, you know, he has better things to do. It's an easy choice. And I I wanted to ask that question to you because uh, I honestly didn't know what the answer would be. You and I have been... We've known each other a long time, but I'm actually going to be learning a lot about you today. Because <laughs> usually when I, I'm around you, it's usually in a professional atmosphere. Yeah. So yeah. we don't really get a chance to just be like, how the fuck is Mike today? You know? <laughs> usually I'm on my index cards. I'm writing these notes now. And then you're over here you're, baby oiling you, up and discussing how you Hot go, stuff. Okay, yeah. guys. I don't use baby oil. It's hot <laughs> oh, stuff. It's hot guys. stuff. Okay. Is it, is, it, is it baby oil when it starts and then when it gets on you, it's hot stuff? Is that <laughs> No, it's literally some stuff called hot stuff that like it, it's supposed it to- it heats up the body, gets gets the vascularity. Um, oh. A lot of guys saves you, know, you on the push-ups. It's very controversial. 
Uh, oh, because you know okay. some people because you can get it, it on the other guy, right? Well, well, yeah. I mean, and plus, if you, I always ask. You know, like I'm not one of those guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna unless it's VSK. If it's VSK, I make sure I put extra <laughs> prick. Uh, hey, don't talk about 205 Lives. Uh, uh, oh, the newest, yeah. <laughs> newest opportunity guy. I saw his new shirt. Big Club shout out to VSK. We saw you the other day in tubs, tips. <laughs> so, you, so here you are. You're about to get shaved, right? You're watching the steel cage match. Obviously, at this point, you're a fan. Yeah. So, can, is there any? You can't pinpoint where the fandom started, and that's a great answer. But can you pinpoint the moment where you said, "Okay, this is what I'm doing." Was there anything that happened? Was there a match, a show, a conversation, anything that took place where you said to yourself, oh, fuck it, this is the direction I'm going. i got to go forward with this. It's weird because I've had that question I've, I, myself. I've questioned myself multiple times throughout the years because what people don't realize is like, I took spurts of time off in, in, the, in the last 12, 13 years. Like I, right. it, the, since 2015 is when I've actually been steady, like just wrestling every weekend and, and, and mm-hmm. wrestling. Uh, but before that, I was like off and on. You know, it's like it's like it was like a bad relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, you kind of want to leave her, but you need it, and and for whatever you left because you kept hitting the doorknob, but then eventually you missed the doorknob. Uh, what you know? I, and I don't know, like you know, whether whether it's because you know the way they made you feel, because of the sex, whatever. It's yeah. just you want to. It's like you you go back to it. It's like it, it is what the late great Roddy Piper talked about. It is a sickness. But as far as um, when I said I would be, I would want to become a pro wrestler. I've always felt like it was, it was something like when I was a kid, when I was a child, and we were asked what we were gonna grow up. And I remember these these bastards all laughing because I remember putting I would be a pro wrestler when I grew up. And uh, I just it, I don't know, man. I don't know if it was encoded in my DNA or it was one of those things where it was it was meant to happen, you know, because of maybe my grandfather uh, who. Just happened to be a big fan. Um, just turned out to pass that along as a rite of passage. I always tell people that that's probably it. But there was it, I, the mission was always to be a pro wrestler. There was never like so. It's kind of tied to your fandom from the minute that you became a fan. You were just like, okay, I really want to do this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it was yeah. never like I'm not. Man, I like there are pictures of me holding up the old WWF titles with yeah. the Hogan bandana and everything next to my cousin. I was like five or six years old. The, the goal was always to be a pro wrestler, you know. Um, as I've, you know, grown into it and, and, and ex, you know, accepted it as part of who I am, um, I think a lot of it goes down to the, you know, like the different aspects now. Like I think, like for future reference, I think about the different aspects of what I would like to accomplish in the wrestling business. Well, we'll get to all those accomplishments in just a second. But uh, <laughs> for me, um, since we're spitballing back and forth, the reason why I ask is because for me it was separate. When, when, when I became a fan, uh, which was very, 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 very early in my life. As a matter of fact, my first show that I saw was WrestleMania 4. Okay. That was the first one that I saw live. So, like, I guess the initial person that, because, Mike, like you said about your uncle, who was, like, the diehard. For me, it was my grandfather. He was a huge diehard. And the reason why I got to see this show is because he was a huge Ted DiBiase guy. Wow. So he ordered the pay-per-view. Just By the way, this was the first WrestleMania that was on pay-per-view. Yes. So he had ordered it at home. So I got to see Savage go coast to coast and walk <laughs> away with the championship. That was the first one I ever saw. So I was like, okay. Were you his – like, was that your favorite? Was it like Randy Savage the guy? No, or? no. It was never it – was, it's funny because people have asked me that. They're like, well, so are you a big Savage guy? It's like, you know what's funny? I became a Savage guy later. I think because of my childhood, I was always a Hogan guy because, I mean uh, – 
You're six, seven years old, bro. Hogan was a superhero. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't until I started getting into wrestling and really learning about what it was where I went, holy shit, you know what? In, in hindsight, <laughs> I think it was really savage and I was I'm really a savage guy. <laughs> but like when I walked away from that WrestleMania 4, I didn't really have a favorite wrestler. I just all of a sudden, boom, get clicked. I loved wrestling. Wow. So after that, I was like a big fan. And for years, it was just fandom. And the moment where it clicked for me, well, and it, I mean, WrestleMania 4 was what, 80, 80-something? 90, 99. Wow. I, I went to a Raw in Hartford. I was living in Connecticut at the time. And the opening segment was the Rock and Sock connection against Kane and X-Pac for the <laughs> WWF Tag Team Championship. But take in the setting. It's a packed house, big building. Pyro, the opening, dun, 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 all that shit. <laughs> and when the pyro stops, it, if you smell, and the place lost its fucking mind. And being in the middle of this whole situation where everyone's screaming and the guy comes out, he does the whole smell and the fist. And to me, it was the first time, I guess because I was old enough at that time to really think about it. Seeing one guy just fucking stand there. <laughs> He wasn't doing anything. He just, the match hadn't started. He just <laughs> stood there. And 18,000 going fucking crazy. That was the moment for me where I went, ah, that's exactly what I want to do. That's As a matter of fact, 99 is when my training started. That's some power right it was there. A few, it was a few months after that moment because after that show, I went, okay, where the fuck? How the fuck? Because yeah. that's every wrestler's conundrum in the beginning. This is what I want to do. Where the fuck do I go? How the fuck do I go? Who the fuck do I talk to? Like, that was a big deal for me. And I made so many wrong turns in the beginning. <laughs> it was a so, lot harder, in all fairness, back yeah. then. Oh, no, it definitely like, was. Like, now it's like a Starbucks in every corner. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's all over the liquor place. store, gun store, wrestling show, yeah. a wrestling school. <laughs> back, back even when I started, oh, you yeah. know, it was the underground. You know, like, you started from, like, you know, it was it was weird. It was like, it was like garages you, 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 and you backyards. Went to an, you went to an alleyway. Yeah. Like, yeah, man, like, you know, got stuff. Like That's it, what I mean <laughs> by wrong turns, man. I learned how to bump from a guy, honestly. I can't even remember his fucking name. I just remember <laughs> that he used to be a promoter in Connecticut, about mid-Connecticut, around Hartford. Well, and we, I was headed, I was like 15, like you said, about 14, 15. I, I was going to shows as a fan, and then I, just, I was doing chairs and just yeah, whatever bang. I could to help out at the show. And in return, like not even money, like in return, you know, here's how you bump, here's how you run some ropes, you know, it's little things here and there, whatever I could pick up yeah, yeah. and just start your career from there. That's literally where I always say that I my pro career started at 2011, yep. but my training started a long time ago. When, when 2011 finally came around and I got my shot. Uh, I made the most of it. I was trust me. Ten years of waiting, I was fucking ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I came out of the gun, bro. Like you <laughs> met me in the looters. Like I was fucking ready. Yeah. I had yes. everything fucking mapped out. I knew exactly what I was doing. I basically took over that fucking place, which is why it didn't last very fucking like, long. Well, yeah. Because as soon as the missus got wind of that shit, that was a wrap for me. It's over. Right. But like as soon as like I I spent a lot of my time training, learning, picking them as much as I can. So for you, you, you gave the example there. Okay, you you shoot out of the gun with homicide. I mean, you're basically starting at WrestleMania for us here in New York City. Like you're you're wrestling the man. How? Where did you go from there? Now, what was the next step for you? Because you said you you were in spurts. So did you yeah. did you stay on it for a few years after I homicide? Or? I did. So what happened was so I trained. So that was my first training session. Right. Him and then getting upside down. And then it was after I was just getting the shit kicked out of my like I was just getting beat up. It was like yeah, like Story all right, that yeah. guy right there, he's a he's a crash test dummy. He's only a hundred yeah. and some pounds. Like you can do whatever you want to him. And you know me being one of those guys that like 
when I talk about the colossal, the, the persona, it really is the idea of this guy who doesn't back down from anybody, you know? Right. But that's where I learned when I was younger, you know? Like, I just, I never backed down for anybody. Cause, but to be honest, that's a shoot. Yeah. I mean, that's really you. You don't really back down for very many challenges. No, because the thing is, I was, like, the way, I was, tra- I was taught by a couple of guys, but, like, one of the guys was this guy, Carlos Eagle Morales. Um, the other guy was late on Tower Torture, who's a little bit more well-known. The other guy that helped me out was Low Life Louis Ramos. Um, oh, shout out to him. That guy is the man. <laughs> I love that guy. He's, he's, he's Gayest awesome, Facebooker man. of all time, but he is absolutely <laughs> a gem in real life. Yes. <laughs> uh, it just, it, it, all those guys. I mean, I, there's so many guys that could uh, – uh, uh, for, for, for the record, for you fans listening right now, the truth is – no one wrestler is trained by just one guy. It's very hard. Everybody very learns rare, from everybody. I'm learning now. When, whenever you ask a wrestler who trains you, the name that he gives you is probably the most famous of the yes, group of yes. people who I, actually trained him. It might have been the guy who showed him the ropes. It might have been the one guy who showed him one variation of a wrist lock, but that's the guy that he goes with. Yes. So just to be clear for everyone listening out there, I don't want to pull you too far behind the curtain, but there's a little bit of a wiggle room when it comes to the question of who. It, that's why I don't ask it in interviews because to me it's a bullshit question. It's, it, just it like, is, it it's is, hard to answer. So many guys, like, uh, you know, Quiet Storm helped train a couple of guys oh, yeah. that ended up coming out like initially he wasn't the guy like Whipwreck ended up taking over for guys like Joel Red and, the, and Brian Excel. Joel is the one that I go with whenever somebody says train because I did train with Joel I trained for yeah. several months I, I was trained before Joel but Joel is literally the most famous person that's ever trained with me, so I go with Joel. Yeah. Infamous, famous, yeah, you know, exactly works. right. When you got that resume, that's the one you go with. Right. I, I I totally understand. Um, so so yeah, it's one of those things where uh, I did train with those guys, but then those guys left. There was a whole situation. Cops were called uh, with the owner Jesus. of Arena Puerto Rico homicide late on. Those guys ended up going with Bobby Lombardi, who ended up starting the Doghouse. So I ended up training. At Arena Puerto Rico for another year, just but getting the shit kicked out of me. It was right. like this dude, I forget his name. Like Little guy shit. That's what happened to me. They, the only no, difference between me and you was I broke. And, <laughs> and you, you were strong enough to get through it. <laughs> but it was like it was like straight punches to the face. No, I know. And Strip I had braces shit, yeah. at the time. Like guys the monsters gotta get over as monsters. The big yeah, guys have and, to look strong. And, yeah. and I would get in there and I remember like, dude, this guy Pedro Rodriguez would let anybody with twenty five bucks get in the ring, and I mean anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were a bum who was off the streets who happened to be able to just conjure up twenty five bucks, you and, and you, you wanted to waste it on beating up Mike Law. Here's there. a shot. <laughs> uh, but I got in there. Don't get me wrong; like it also taught me how to defend myself too, because I, I didn't have those guys, you know, for a while to have my back. So I I did have to fight my own fights, which. Toughen me up even more. Absolutely. Uh, so it's one of those things where tough some of my bitch. Yeah, here. man. I mean, to last, <laughs> you know, as long as I have, I'll say, I'll say that either, either I'm tough or, or I'm just stupid, <laughs> or a little bit of both. Listen, I, I was just gonna say, both usually tend to be attached to each other. You got to be yeah. stupid to be that kind of tough. <laughs> like I said, the only difference. I mean, uh, uh, you're a very talented person. As a matter of fact, I'll go on the record and say, far more talented in the ring. That I probably ever was, but at least you were strong enough to survive it. Because when I came through the rings, that's exactly what happened to me. Yeah, it, it, it was all bump and feed, bump and feed. It was just make this guy look good here, and, and uh, I get the you know every, a smart promoter would give me the bones every now and then. Here's a big win for you here and there. Yeah, yeah. And then the next sixty days, it's just you're back at it again. Here's a battle royal win for you, kid. Now make this guy look it good. Was, it was just training. <laughs> they were just yeah. it was just me like 
these guys all coming in practicing moves, just training. It was just training. It wasn't really like I didn't get a sh- I didn't get on a show. Well, they used to have what they call outlaw shows, which were illegal shows in New York without a license, which right. I'm pretty sure some people. I don't know if I anyone mean, has ballsy to do it nowadays because the commission does crack down. On it's that. getting a little harder to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but th- back then it was like it was the wild wild west. People were running oh, yeah. shows in the middle of nowhere. I mean, block parties, you name it. Oh uh, yeah, rings in the street and shit. Yeah, I remember. In the yeah. I mean, that was cool. Like that was that's when I actually first met Homicide. But like he had broke a crutch over someone's back, and then like uh, I think it was Shaolin. I want to say Shaolin. My memory's not that. My See, with homicide, when you say broken crutch, you have to be way more specific because it's <laughs> which crutch was it? Wait, wait, what time period was this? <laughs> this is a '98, guys. This oh, is way Jesus. like this is way. I don't think homicide will ever die. I think he's immortal. My you friend. think? Yeah, man. He's gonna be teaching my what? son how to fucking wrestle. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's training a, a yeah, whole I, I, set of guys now. I, I've said it on the podcast. I haven't had you here before to discuss this, but uh, the, the funny story about Homicide is I wouldn't have my career without him because, uh, um, true story, uh, and I've told this on, on a previous interview, so I'll keep, the, I'll keep it short because <laughs> for those who've already downloaded the, uh, their episode, but f- to tell you, uh, in the early stages of that Luda stuff when we were doing shows, um, there was a segment that I was supposed to be a part of Yeah, uh, that I got nixed about halfway through the show. Um, for time reasons, so God. I'm not. I'm not even. I know you're rolling your eyes right now, but it, trust me, a lot of that shit happened. But for time reasons, I for this time I understood. But what happens is it was supposed to be something with Shane Douglas and Chavo Guerrero. Okay, right? they were they were going to be setting up something for later or whatever. And I had already done a promo with them at a previous show. Got. So what happened was is I was acting as sort of a general manager type situation, at least at the moment. Okay. And they wanted me to go out there and make this big announcement and shoot this promo about the feud going on between them or whatever. And then for whatever time reasons, they had nixed the promo altogether. So what happened was is that toward the end of the show, Chavo had a match with somebody else, and then Shane was supposed to do the run-in. So Lord and behold, there's a lot of shit going on. Chavo accidentally gets juice, right? He's got. Color. I remember that. I wasn't yeah. there for that. Yeah. He got, so he accidentally not a whole lot, but it was a bit of a situation. He was a little bit on the woozy side. Yada 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 yada. So they were trying to cover for it because Shane was supposed to do the run in and attack Chavo, but Chavo's already hurt. We don't want to get him. You know, yeah. there's a lot of shit going on. You know, a lot of a lot of political shit going on because oh, he's got man. TV stuff to do. And we, the last thing we need is to be the company that got him hurt. I got yada, him yada, hurt. Yada, yeah. right. <laughs> so Shane doesn't even want to go out there. He's like, no, 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 because I'm not trying to fuck this guy up. I, and this is all happening, like, in the heat of the moment. This travel is already, like, we're getting to the finish now, and Homicide looks at Joel and says, send him out there. Wow. Let him let him go take the go-home, right? Chavo does the big fire-up, the big uh, the big win. Yep. And then instead of Shane going out there and physically causing an altercation, you can have Orsini go out, shoot the promo, giving Chavo, because Chavo's the big baby face, Give him the match that he wants because he got the big win, right? Yeah, yeah. So now the crowd's hype. You get you pop the crowd even harder. You give him the big match. Shane has the match later, right? So he calls out. We're calling this all on the fly now, right? Because Homicide's trying to make sense <laughs> of the whole situation. The only problem Joel had with the entire idea was me. He was saying, "Well, because because I was new, right? So yeah. it's like, ah, oh, he's new. I don't want to put him on. He got because he, he he praised my promo the first time." But, you know, I don't know, beginner's luck. I don't think he knows that I can do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, but Homicide's like, bro, he can do this. Because up up until that point, I had done promos with Homicide as interviews. I've done promos in the ring with Homicide. So I guess I had kind of proven it to him. So he was vouching for me. He's like, no, dude, 
He's the best talker you have. Just fucking send him out there and fucking do it, and he'll set it up fine. You don't even have to give him guidelines. Just tell him <laughs> what you want him to do, and just like he really had all the faith in the world. So Joel was like, "All right, fuck it, go." And the way that I did it, like I timed it to like to get the optimum pop for it. So it's like I put over travel pop, and like you know how you escalate that shit, and yeah, then all yeah. of a sudden you're gonna get shit. Ah! <laughs> and we went in the back, and everybody was just like fucking great. Like Shane was just like awesome. That's great because now great. what happens is when it happens later now, and Shane gets that heat, it's gonna be fucking uber heat now. Yeah. And he crushes travel, and it was, and it was perfect, and it worked out great. And from that moment on, Homicide just always like no matter where we went, because I I've worked with Homicide in several different companies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he always, always like you know we we're, we're not friends, obviously. Clearly, <laughs> we're kind of acquaintances at Quaces, best. But you know. when it came to the professional stuff, he always watched me. Yeah. And I think everybody kind of has some variation of that story. And uh, I mean, he's been his career span so long. How could you not? Especially in New York, if you're a New York guy, the guy you knows everybody. Yeah, like, uh, Shane <laughs> Douglas. Is, by the way, Shane Douglas is another great dude. I will probably break my two-hour limit when I finally get homicide on this one because uh, I don't I'm see myself. Sure I don't see myself editing a whole lot <laughs> off of that fucking episode. But let's go back to Brooklyn for just a second, you yeah. and I. This is where we first got together, where we first met, and you were brought in. Um, I was in there before you were. You were booked as an independent talent. Obviously, yeah. you weren't a student of the Maximals per se. No. But you were brought in in a lovely little gimmick that we came up with called High Protein. I, I okay. <laughs> I, 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 the name I had was better. Uh, Which was what? I forgot what it was. Something. It was. It was more clever than than. High pro- I didn't like it. And high protein I, was not very clever. No, at all. it was just like was, I didn't even get it. Like it was like. So the team for for those because again this is a little yeah. too inside. So the team was some old friends of yours who I'm assuming you're still friends with. Oh even hell to yeah. this day. I love Joey. A shout out to Joey. the protector of professional wrestling, Jack Yellow, and of course. Uh, the five stars to the salty dog himself, Joey Ace, all of which <laughs> you can find on social media. Uh, still doing their thing. Uh, Jack Yellow was a champion over at Fight the World Wrestling right now. Joey Ace is still doing his thing over at Warriors. Uh, that was the trio. It was a trio. Yeah. And, well, so uh, they got the idea. So I used to come out with uh, Jason Static, Joe Delicious from VPW, right. two other guys from, from the area. With a big protein jug. I remember. So I would come out to protein jug. We love jug. coming out with these, these yeah. props. Yeah. yeah so. because, you know what? Like, because here's the thing. Like, at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to kid myself. Uh, I'm, you know, all intents and purposes, am I the biggest guy? No. You know, like, let's not be, you know, let's just, you know, let's call it as it is. So, so you always have to have something that as soon as you come through that curtain, gets the attention of the people. Right. So to me, it's like, okay, well, I'm this small guy carrying a big protein jug, and so I'd have stuff in there. You know, it could be anything like brass knucks in there. I would, I would use it to my advantage. Now I just come out with a big barbell. But, you know, the thing is, at the end of the day, like, it's, 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 what it, it's the difference between you and the next guy. And that's what I think has helped elevate me, too, is the fact that, don't get me wrong, like, I, you and I talked about it before offline, uh, like how, so, like, some promoters don't get me. They don't get like, well, what's the hype behind this guy? Like, yeah. why is why is this guy getting such a rub? Like, why do we get like why do the fans like like watching this guy? You know, and and you know, I think part of it's because one, you know, they don't they don't really get it. They don't they don't to them they're like colossal. My God, that's like like a comedy thing. Like, right. and everybody wants to be a serious wrestler, but. The the hook is colossal, my law. The the hook is the barbell. The cell is the ring, the in ring work. The, the the you know the the reaction I get. The you know the way I move. It's it's. I think people are stuck on the idea that 
I like I'm look, I mean it's not it's not is it the end all be all original gimmicks? No, I mean it's fucking Crash Holly, you know what I mean? Like let's let's, let's, let's right. be even more honest. But I I took it and I made it my own rather than come out with a, I came out with a big barbell, which I still do. But um the thing is right, but just sticking just for a second for, yeah. to the high protein thing, like the barbell we're gonna get to. The high protein thing was because you had you had the uh, the 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 jug, the, the, protein, jug, jug, or the yeah. protein jug. Right? I hated the name. I hated the name, and so did you at least enjoy the team? I loved the team. I loved those guys. I right. loved uh, there was a team. There was a match, a six man against your boys, the goat, uh-huh. um, and I, I I thought it was fun. I I will say I I think and and I can say it now. I think I got a lot of heat with a couple of the, the students from Ludus because um, I we did that Atlantic City show, right? That just was catastrophic. I think Holy the shit. Angry Birds you guys had or that, was bad. Yeah. that was bad. Uh, a lot that was bad because that whole show from top to bottom. It was a good show. I, I I wish I wish I could spend my one whole hour <laughs> just talking about Atlantic City because okay, so so. Let's not Here's get too thing. into the Atlantic City because I want to talk about you. I, well, I don't want to okay, so get on. At uh, the time, yeah. I was one of the bookers for FW Wrestling. Uh, as some people may or may not know, it, it's a company that took off in Manhattan, uh, in New York, New York, Manhattan, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did shows in within Queens. We did like, you know, we used to bring in tons of names. Rob Van Dam, Tommy Dreamer, Carlito, yeah, Matt Hardy. FW used to do that. So I think Ludus... And you know, I mean, I could be wrong, but I doubt it. I'm pretty, I'm pretty accurate with these things. But I think they wanted to see about doing some sort of uh, show together with FW. Like, I'll, I'll also be straightforward. Did I pitch it to 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 Jordan from FW? Yeah. Did he laugh and say absolutely not? Yeah. But I, you know, I was gonna tell Joel that like I'm not, I'm like, despite anything, and and in the past, Joel's done shit to me in, in the past which is in the past like i i hold nothing done shit to literally everybody yeah exactly so i i hold nothing against him as no ill will and and we made up years later whatever um but i couldn't say hey yeah like he told you to you know fuck off because you know like that's not me man like at the end of the day like i wouldn't so i they ended up putting me on the poster of that ac show and i remember i want to say it was chris cage i don't know if it was but one of the guys was like hot about it, and I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong, or it was somebody. I remember them being hot that certain certain somebody shouldn't have been on that poster. And well, I said, well, it had to be me because I don't. I'd only wrestled one match on this company, and I was yeah. already on a on a poster for AC of all things. So I understood it. Like it wasn't my call. I didn't like you know. Like you I didn't make the flyer. Yeah, I didn't make the flyer, and, <laughs> and I, I'm not going to take me off the flyer. <laughs> even even more so. Yeah. And, but. You know, at the same time, like, I could see why Ludus did it. Like, get yeah. in with the guy who's booking You're doing the FWE. FWE Even if you weren't really booking, see. you're on a high-profile card. You're on a yeah. high-profile show, and you want to accentuate that. Yeah, so, so I was like... And, and, you it's know, called like, being a businessman. <laughs> there was a couple of times, and, you know, like, other companies approached us. Jordan, here's the thing, like... And as much as I love Jordan from FWE, the owner of FWE, like, as a friend... Um, he was not the easiest guy. He was not an easy guy to work with. I, I'll say I was not an easy guy to work with. Uh, but the thing is, like, those guys would have lost their shit working no. for him or working with him. Or it would have been more They lost their shit him. working with each other. Can you imagine yeah. if they would have went in front of George? It would have been bad, man. I'm <laughs> telling you. It would have been bad. 
I can't even. I, I, I was, I was there. When, I was there when they were negotiating a lot of. The, that was like their whole game plan, was just rubs. That was the whole game plan. We're just gonna work with so many different people that it's ridiculous. They brought in Russo, didn't they? What time for Russo? They talked. When I was there, it didn't happen. I think uh, they did bring him in, but I wasn't a yeah. part of the company at that time. Uh, believe it or not, I went from from Joel to Red. I went from uh, to, me, yeah. to from FSW to House of Glory. So as soon as like I only did when I was with Joel, all I did was FSW. Like yeah. I was exclusive, especially to just them. When I put Facebook out, like the status, okay, I'm no longer with them. It was like an hour, and then like Earl Cooter of FTW hit me up. Brian had hit me up. Like the the offers was just coming. They well, were flowing. It was, it was so one of those things like, where it was like I got out of prison and everyone. But all, it was funny because I remember up. those floodgates. It was so. <laughs> it's funny during that time. The only one that didn't call me was FWE. <laughs> no, we already had our hands full, man. Yeah, you, you had an AJ already. It was. It was gonna be. It was just. It, there was some wild times there, and I, I'm I, like that's the time where I, I stopped wrestling. Well, that's where I was going to next after the Luda stuff because again, FWE Family Wrestling Entertainment, as you said in New York, New York. I mean, you have a long. I mean, were you a day one guy? You was there the whole time, right? Yeah, I was. I, I was the first match of that show. I think no, Alex Reynolds versus Jay Santana. So random uh, was the <laughs> opening match of that of that of that show. Uh, I don't want you to go too far. You can answer this question as freely as you'd sure. like to answer it. But I tend to go off a because lot, what so. happens is is like with FWE. To be honest with you, as an outsider, as a third party here, because for the record, never step. I never I actually never met Jordan, and I've never did anything for the company, and <laughs> I never did anything like that. But I mean, there was always rumors, and there were always backroom chatter about the financials because FWE had. All these, it was like the PWG of fucking New York. I mean, just that's what they wanted. Every to be, match was just high price guy, high price guy, yeah. high price guy in buildings that there's no way you're going to recoup that money. I mean, the assumptions were always just it's got to be loss after loss after loss after loss. Um, Hopefully, with the uh, with the uh, plan of huge financial gain down the line, but you have to survive these hits. So we were just like, I mean. I'm not going to flat out ask you if that's what it was, but, I mean, that's just the rumor mill. I mean, how close are we to the idea? Because it eventually did close their doors. Yeah. Um, you know, th- th- there was t- several reasons to that. Uh, so there was I, more to it than yeah, this, really. Yeah, I will say that there was a lot of money behind it. Um, right. But the thing is, like, how can I put this in a way that's not going to, like, implicate anybody? Uh, <laughs> like, We're uncensored. If you're if – you're, if, if you're, if if you always have that pot of gold at the other of the, of the rainbow, whatever, and it's and 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 it's just an endless supply of it, then it really doesn't matter how much money you spend on this show because it was like it's still and gonna be there. You're just writing and, checks. And exactly, it was like Turner <laughs> all over again, but with only at a way smaller capacity. Um, but you're preaching to the choir because I I was it was I mean calls at four in the morning, meetings at seven in the morning, like hours and hours of. Like going back and forth and saying this does not make sense from a business standpoint. Like I want to help grow this company. I mean, like I it's have. Not like he was trying to get something going for six oh five on the superstation. What's that? I was. I I got a TV <laughs> deal for FW that they, they oh. never signed. It was with the they Fight Network. Sign? They didn't sign it, but Tommy Dreamer did, and they got they t- they got House of Hardcore. So, but Tommy's a smart what, what guy. Tommy's about, on a, like. What whoa, was it about the deal that he didn't like? I mean, it's TV, right? No. No, he didn't want to get his his dad. Uh, I think told him he, he asked. He said that they sh- that the the network should pay 
for the rights. Uh, Which okay, here's the thing. From his dad's standpoint, I understand because his dad has his dad was a, a, a um, he was an he was executive a, producer for a show on Playboy TV. Okay, you know, and, and so he's so, got some experience in the business. Yes, but what, what his dad? He, but the wrestling. Gee, I wonder where that money was coming from. Now then, <laughs> you put two together. <laughs> so so he he thought they should pay for the rights for the for the for, for the, the footage. For the which, footage which, right, yeah. I. On a normal business platform, right? Yeah, I was just going to say, exactly like, what he means. wasn't that the Bischoff argument where it was just like, oh, we get him to pay the rights and yeah, right. But the problem with that is like we we didn't have a proven track record. Right. Like we didn't like. I mean, it was like one of those things where like what ratings were we basing our price? He tag was overplaying on? his hand. Exactly, and so that was my debate about it. Now Jordan, you know, like went back and forth. He settled on not He's doing not gonna it. Bite the hand, right? Yeah. Okay. So I understood. Uh, well, you know, I, I don't. I will say this: as long as I know, know, know Jordan, I didn't know the financials. I didn't. I didn't know like where was I. Well, I you're a booker. You're creative. You didn't yeah. really deal. with All I did was I booked a lot of the local talent. Um, you know, I came up with idea for certain. You know, like I I helped run the comp- the shows. You know, when the shows happen, you know, all that stuff. So all the go for work, right? All the yeah. go for work. All the all the fun stuff that nobody likes to, to do or, or, or talk about. Seventy percent of the reason why I'm not and I'm not running yeah, for shows that, anymore. Don't blame you. Uh, that's why when they went belly up in 2015, I said, you know what? I want to be a wrestler again. You know, I got one. Yeah, a exactly. Performer. And so Fiesta came calling, and then <laughs> I, I, that, that contrary to popular belief, I am not. Anything I, I only wrestle for Fiesta Pro Wrestling, <laughs> which is a company based out of New Jersey. Um, right. But yeah, I took time off after in 2011. Well, 2009, I had my last match. I like what I I thought was gonna be my retirement. I actually was actually legitimately, I guess, retired from wrestling. Haven't we all? Yeah. So I <laughs> I've left. had two count them two retirement ladder no, but matches. That, in I, my career. I, that's like I'll never <laughs> like like go that route again. Uh, I, I get got, laughed at all the time by my personal friends. I've had two retirement ladder matches. No. Two. <laughs> Two of the same stipulation. It happened I twice. Feel, I feel sorry guys like do that. Just and I've to- lost them both. <laughs> so there you go. That's wrestling for you, folks. So, so, so you did the whole FWE thing. You, 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 you stop, ch- I stepped behind. I wore a suit. Right. I became a suit. Talk, talk to me about the breaks. So you, 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 we can sit here and talk about your wrestling career all day. But uh, on this show, I do ups and I do downs. So apparently now you, you, you took a few breaks. You said it before. Yeah. Like the span the of your 13-year career is, hasn't as been as consistent as you would have liked it would have been. I don't, I'm not going to buy the idea that the bookings dried up. So no. it must have been something personal. There was there something going on um, in, Mike's, thinking- in Mike's up there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what happened? So in 2000, I you know what it was, man. I was, I was sick and tired of just being like. Were poor. you burnt out? I was burnt out. I was I was traveling to Pittsburgh a lot, wrestling for Jim Miller in Ohio, West Virginia, a place like that. Like back when like the New York scene was exploding in 2002 to 2004, and all those days where the Hit Squad, Amazing Red, XL, uh, Derange, you know, all those guys, Azrael, Reefer, you know. Homicide, you name it. All those guys were blowing up in New York, right? But I took a different path. I was like, I didn't, I didn't want to rely on anybody. I wanted to make my own path. You know what I mean? I didn't want to rely on anybody to like, because all these dudes were like, all these dudes were name dropping homicide. Yeah, homicide was my trainer, and a lot of them were the shits. They, you don't see them anymore. They were like, and there's a reason why. Because they did one show, the the promoter would be like, "What the fuck was this? Like, this is atrocious." And they would never be brought back. And so, unfortunately, because these guys were using the doghouse legacy, whatever, to get themselves over the promoters, 
it just it, it, it was it it, it it like to me I didn't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? Like I didn't feel like I was a doghouse guy because I wasn't there in the beginning. I certainly wasn't there at the end of it. And you were in the genesis, like even before, like it became doghouse. I was it's like, the, you were in Nashville before they moved to, <laughs> to the Universal Studios. Deal. I will say this, though. Doghouse did exist. Well, no, yeah, no fairness if you could talk about Rooney in Puerto Rico, but in Brooklyn. But the doghouse, after that whole fucking fight that broke out or whatever, the cops were called and they split. I've gotten heat for this, but I'll say it again. Doghouse was great for the training aspect, but who did they turn out? I mean, sir, key, homicide, and... So those guys... <laughs> I and got news for everyone. Those guys were going to be good anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they could have been yeah, fucking trained at a, at a barn. They were who became trainers like that. Like, you know what I mean? like Those guys could have been trained at a barn. Right. Like, uh, you know how many guys walk up to me all the time that are throwing a course of my career? Man, I'm a doghouse guy. I'm like, awesome. No, but that's cool. the thing. That's what killed it because you had guys <laughs> that weren't good telling everyone, like, oh, I'm a doghouse guy and oh, this guy's my trainer and I train with low key and I go, no, man, like. <laughs> no, exactly. I never. Saw, like, I, I was there okay, multiple and times, and you never fucking trained with Loki. Yeah, and well, it wasn't I, a training; it was you getting killed by him. If anything, yeah, you're like, getting your head knocked off. We got into that a little bit when Negro was here because Negro is like you know as doghouse as it gets. But ne- Negro is yeah. I mean, and so, all uh, yeah. yeah. And he is actually and I told a doghouse him, I, guy, and that's where the heat started. That interview because I was I, you know because the doghouse guys. I'm sure. Oh, Negro's in an interview. I'm sure they chimed in and were like, "Who the fuck is this guy telling me?" <laughs> I'm like, well, I'll, uh, I'll tell you who the fuck this guy is. This guy is a guy who's <laughs> travel over the fucking country doing this fucking thing, and I'm telling you, like, uh, it's crazy shit. But you know, I, I get your point when it comes to that. So, so you taking these breaks? It's, it's like you just uh, you were trying to get it out. I was before, burnt out, and I was trying to do my poor. own thing, <laughs> and I was sick and tired of being fu- like broke because you yeah. know, like it was sucked, man. Like I didn't. You I mean, spend not, more money than you make in the beginning of your wrestling dude, career. It was at all rough, time, man. Like it was just one of those things where like I. Like, I, like I was never one of those guys who said I was gonna marry, get have kids, have a house, sit down. You know, like I like I, I wasn't gonna settle down. But then like when you're traveling in a fucking Greyhound bus for eight and a half hours next to some bummy ass dude who keeps yeah. leaning and drooling all over you, and then you you know the pace sucks and you know like I met I will say that I like in retrospect I met some of the greatest people I've ever, like I've ever had in my life. I've had some of the fucking coolest experiences I've ever had. But unfortunately, those experiences weren't going to pay the bills, right, yeah. uh, especially as It'll the medical bills. Stomach, the yeah. medical bills started, you know, like oh, if yeah. I got injured or something. Um, I still have medical bills from like <laughs> yeah. So I took that time off because I just, I got burnt out. I think me saying I was retired was kind of a stupid thing. Uh, I, I, I don't know why I said that because I, I remember thinking like I'll never leave wrestling. I'll never, I have a passion. Like I love whether it's creative or whether it's inside the ring, I've always had a passion for it. So I don't. So I took from 2009 to 2011. I took off, and then my first match was actually back at FWE because I didn't have anybody. I tried to get Pinky Sanchez, but he did one of those things where uh, he couldn't tell me exactly if he could make it or not, which I was thought it was weird. And then uh, God, I love Pinky. He called me the day of the show. I like I. I will say Pinky Sanchez, the sexual spider monkey, should fucking be a huge star. Uh, I, I think he's entertaining. He's well. the reason he's not. <laughs> we yell at him all the time for this shit. I, Pinky is where he is because Pinky Black got his ass there. You know how many people will sit here? I mean, high-ranking people, people with experience, people who've been doing this forever, will see and work with Pinky and walk away going, "God damn, this kid is good." I remember. I remember. I probably wrestled him once in a multi-man match, but I but I always knew that he was like 
uber talented. And but the I've trained was, with him. The fucking guy's a machine. Amazing, yeah. Machine. This guy wrestles in his fucking like he can wake up from a nap and do forty five minutes with a guy. Not say a fucking word and just go in there and just but, fucking do it. The guy's work is amazing. And, and and but that was one of the things where it was like and, and don't get me wrong. At the you know, I learned to understand that, you know, I just wish he had told me like Yes or no, because he kind of kept me guessing. Yeah. So we got Bruno Marciano, who's no longer around in wrestling, you know, and mm-hmm. it was me, Azrael, and Bruno Marciano. And, uh, Another hidden gem there, Azrael. I dude, love that fucking and, and people think it's like gimmick or anything. Like, he is a, a, a real good friend of mine. Like, we travel a lot together, you know, to ECWA and different places. That dude should be signed. I mean, whether it's Impact Ring of Honor or anything, he's been in many places. He's fucking crisp. He, his, like, his ring positioning. His like the way he carries himself in the ring. I mean, just a humble dude. But is I I always see. I even tell him like I think sometimes your humbleness hurts you because yes, it does. You you are you are a he's superstar, such man. a nice dude that it I, hurts. <laughs> I go yeah, I go. You are superstars. Like I I tend to carry myself more of a superstar than he does. But like I'm not not trying to insult him. I'm just saying like. Like, he has way more accolades than I do. And yeah. I mean, I've done my fair share of stuff, but he has way more accolades than I do. He's been everywhere and wrestled everybody. Yeah, and he's wrestled, like, <laughs> like, 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 I go, dude, you should be telling He's the ECWA guys, champ now, isn't he? He is the, EC, he, he is the owner of Big Red uh, of ECWA. Um, he's wrestling Ty Awesome in uh, May 19th in, in Atlantic City. But, dude, he, like, he's just, he's one of those guys that can, he can wrestle a broomstick. He can wrestle a rookie. He can yeah. wrestle a 20-year vet, and he can make just fucking great matches. I got this close to wrestling him over in Connecticut. Amazing, I got, st- I got saddled with somebody else. I was so bad. I, would <laughs> I was, be, I was so like, bad. Like getting in the ring with I don't guy. even remember who the guy it was. I <laughs> spar with him, so... and he's amazing. Uh, so let's talk Let's talk a little bit uh, uh, about the ECWA. Because that's that's been kind of a, a, a regular spot for you. Yeah. Uh, I always, because I have also have experience in the business, the word home-fed uh, is difficult to sometimes narrow down for people. Yeah. Also, the heat factor was like, oh, this is my home fit, but then the other company that thought they were your home fit, yeah, 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 yeah. But you do have a lot of time spent here in ECWA. Something extraordinary has happened to you recently. You got the opportunity of a lifetime, um, not just business professional wise, yeah. but for yourself personally. So you were uh, one of the competitors of this year's ECWA Super 8 tournament. Uh, a tournament that I personally have been following my entire life and is one of the biggest uh, tournaments in the Northeast, has been for almost two decades now for yeah. the most part, pretty much since the 90s. Low-key, Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles, I mean, the list goes on and on for the people who've competed in it's this tournament. It's mind-boggling. And now one of those competitors is sitting on my couch. So, on, once again, in honor to be speaking with you, but talk to me a little bit, not just about the, the night, but like, I mean, you got. When did you get this call, man? Or, hey, guy, you're going to be in this tournament. Uh, so it actually happened last year, and it was one of those weird situations where Joey Janela couldn't make it, or well, something happened. I, either he got double booked. So they asked me at the last second. Now it, it was always been a dream. Like, and I, when I say that, I shoot wrote that down in my journal when I was a kid. Like when I was like 16 years old, I had a journal. I still do. But, like, I wrote that down, um, that that was one of my goals in wrestling, was to be in the Super 8. It was. Right. And so I was like, yeah, but I was like, eh, because I wouldn't build right. Like, they had, at that point, there was, like, I was like, I wasn't, like, known. Like, they weren't, I wasn't one of their guys. I was just some in, indie guy they just brought in to, like, get, I guess, jobbed out, right? right? So I didn't, I didn't, 
I, I said yes because, like, well, how am I going to say no? Right. <laughs> like, Super. You never know what's going to happen yeah, again. Yeah, right, yeah. So uh, what happened was they ended up doing something where they – and I wasn't really a fan of it. You know, like, like people saw the look on my face. It, it was very it was very organic because it was the way I felt. Like, I felt like I had been disrespected by, like, the sh- like Sean Carr and, and those guys from upstate because, I don't know, man, I just felt like – like it was kind of like like I'm a you know I'm like a job boy bitch like yeah like screw this guy you know and that's the way I felt that whole thing went down so I was legitimately like heated about it and uh you know a couple months later like oh you know you get your retribution you know you wrestle's car and then we did it I won my opportunity it was a year in the making you know like I was the first ever so like, you was, wrestled car to get in yes I wrestled car the guy who He's very, took me he, out yeah he he's actually pretty talented too Sean Car Sean Car is. Incredibly, t- another guy that is, you know, uh, I, I, I like wrestling guys like him because you, it's just you, you just go out there and just, you just know, it's it, just yeah. like, just, just whatever. Do it, yeah. I don't have time to like memorize all that shit. Let's yeah. just go out there and just like see who goes down first. Those are the man. best matches, man. I'm are, yeah, man. Like that shit, like that whole, <laughs> I don't know, that's, what I, I, that's what I've been saying. That's so, what you, been saying. so you beat Carr to get in. I beat Carr to get in. I was the, uh, the, the announcement each time. The uh, the first entry in the uh, 2018 Super 8. You were the first entry in it. Yes, I was. But then Mike Tartaglia somehow forgot. I don't think he had his frugi juice that day. uh, (laughs) That that he announced Richard Holiday as the first entrant. Rich ended Uh, up winning. Here come the disrespect part, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, dude. When I read that, holy shit. I, I think I had a bottle of water. And I just chucked it across. By the way, we're 55 minutes in. I think that was your first curse word. <laughs> and I knew it was going to be this topic that did it. I was just trying to build in this topic yes, before was, we got uh, to it. It was just one of those things where I was just. Folks, that's as uncensored as Mike gets because Mike doesn't normally. With the four, I, I've already cursed like 17 times. But, <laughs> yeah. but it's just one of those things where. It's uh, a huge moment for you. And, yeah. and these people are like, I was like treating it like Wednesday. It's like, dude, this is special. Please treat it, it as was, special. It was. And I went on podcasts and I went everything. And like, dude, I was. You, people can name the Siles, the Christopher Daniels, but I can name the Scoot Andrews. I can name the Ace Starlings. Oh, yeah. You know, like uh, uh, Jeff Peterson. Before he became a star, the Alex Shelley's. Yeah. Came in there like this was before Davey Richards went in there became a name you know he was a he was a guy from California just coming through the territory and then all of a sudden boom he's a ring of honor superstar I think I will say this I think this whole class in general in my plan in my opinion I think people downplayed this class of, of 2018 right. I think a lot of people are like oh like because people kept on bringing back like the idea of the previous winners but the super eight if you look at it was always about introducing the wrestling world to that new star, you right. know. That, and I and I truly believe that Richard Holiday is going to be that guy. I, I mean, I'm not you know here to just put myself over. I will say that I believe Richard Holiday is one of those guys who who will get signed eventually right. if he plays his car right. I mean, you know, like that's, that's as long as he plays the game, yeah, he'll be all right. You know, yeah. that's anybody. Well, I think but, what hurts that is because I mean, Super Eight got so big, everyone's got a fucking tournament now. Well, you yeah, know, Shamrock yeah. Cup. I mean, everyone's yeah, got a said that too. Yeah, everyone's got a fucking tournament now, and and they've been trying. And the biggest to, ones are like they've been like trying the bolas yeah. and stuff. It's like, like that. the original hamburger, you know. It's like how yeah. many, 
Yeah, seriously. I mean, when you're the first to do it and then everyone starts coming in, I mean, it, it makes it a lot harder. And now you feel the. Pro- I give ECWA credit for following the formula all the way through. Yeah. Because, God forbid, like with all these other tournaments coming in, they could have very easily just bit the bullet and, all right, let's bring Callahan in and let's bring this guy in. And instead, they kept the form the way that it was. And for anybody to be downplaying the Super 8 tournament as far as competitors within the tournament, yeah. I mean, it doesn't really make any sense. Christian Layton was a dream team member. You, you can argue it, but it happened. He was number four. He was on the roster. He kept the towels warm and the Gatorade cool. I mean, that was his job. But at the same time, the guy was on the roster. Uh, in order to keep the Super 8 uh, 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 as majestic as it's always been, I mean, I, I personally believe that the people involved should continue to treat it in that fashion. I agree. And, and, and maybe it was an overlook on their end, or an oversight, I should say, as far as who was the first entrant or whatever. Yeah, I, uh, maybe a snub. I'm not. I, listen, I'm not fucking arguing for anybody's side. I'm here with you, so as far as I'm concerned, you're the fucking winner in this. But I, I, I just think that it's a huge thing. Uh, I, I haven't really had a chance now that I think about it, but congratulations for being involved in the tournament. Thank you. Thank there you. Have been, a mission accomplished, there, really. there have been multiple entrants before, so hopefully 2019, fingers crossed, we'll see another... We'll see another opportunity. Uh, ECWA still doing their thing, chugging along. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good buddy, like good buddy of yours, good buddy of mine. Oh uh, AJ Pan, yes. America's favorite agent. <laughs> the other AJ, as I call him. Yeah, <laughs> AJ too. Yeah, AJ, AJ, uh, do. Do. Yeah. <laughs> good buddy of ours. Um, he recently went through some stuff personally, and I yeah. won't get into that on the podcast, but. Tell, tell me about your experiences. Let's share, share some uh, some AJ Payne stories here. I mean, what is your experiences? Uh, for those of you wondering, again, uh, he's he's been a manager of yours, yeah. a foe of mine, <laughs> and uh, but he's really an overall good dude, and he's been doing some pretty good stuff. So what's 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 your relationship with AJ? Well, I met that guy. I met him through another friend in back like in 2002, I want to say. Oh, wow. Long time like, ago. We've been friends for a long time. It's been a minute. Um, you know, the like... The promoter for Fiesta Pro, if I'm not... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it's one of those things where um, it, it just... I I don't know. Just like we we, we had a passion for wrestling. He wasn't... I, I don't think he, he himself thought he would take it far, you know? Like, um, I think that's the problem. You know, I, and I tell him, like, oh, dude, you got to push yourself more. I think, you know. He's like, a lot like me. He'd rather it, just get the other guy over, right? But, I, I, good but, that I, way. but you also have to realize, like, if you want to do more in this business, whether right. it's a manager or creative or anything, just push for it. Yeah. You know, like, you know these people. You know people in it. Like, you, if you're going to spend, you know, like, there are guys who schmaz everybody, right? Yeah. But if you're not going to do, if you're not going to do anything with it, then what's the point of it? Like, you know, I'm not like that's that's a, that's I'll say that's one of my downfalls. I, I I'm not a sponsor. I, I I don't I don't I'm very terrible at networking. I got to get better at it. I know I get it. Uh, but the get thing, on the ball, sell yourself, yeah, man. Yeah, you know, like I'm also one of those because some other people better than I can sell myself. Um, but you know, I I tell AJ I go if you want to do this in the wrestling business, then go and do it. Like yeah. you know, you, you you the thing is like, oh, I just want to do this. I I personally will never get those guys. I was never one of those guys who just wanted to do this for fun, you know. And yeah. if I did, I always wanted to be good at it, or I wanted to be great. I wanted to like make have sure the maximum amount of fun you can have. Yeah, yeah. I just can't. Like I could never the fun be one of those guys, guys half-ass it sometimes. It's like what the fuck is the point? You're not yeah. even getting like, all what? the fun out of it. Like why You're come in to show get the most fun you can out of it? I I I totally agree. Why come in half half-ass trained? 
half-assed gear, half-assed in shape, half-assed like blown up because you can't even get to the ring without like needing an oxygen tank. So like I don't understand. Like I never understood that concept of just being. Uh, if that's what you want to do, then by all means do it. But don't take someone else's spot who's looking to bust their ass and make a name for himself and do this legitimately and do this for a career or do this because they want to garner a, a bigger uh, uh, a portfolio of, of work, you know, to show off for years to come. That's my take on it. You know, like I'm I'm going to places like IWA Miss South, which I can't wait to go back. Um, Another huge up. promotion. I mean, yeah. Punk Hero. I mean, the they've been around. Jacobs. I mean, they think about the guys have come through those yeah. doors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Too bad you couldn't go to the old barn, man. That would have been huge. <laughs> Listen, they tore the they tore the roof off. They really, like that. Yeah. they really did. Legitimately pull the roof <laughs> off. Now you're getting places, man. You're doing a lot of things for someone who keeps telling me over and over on this podcast. We're an hour deep, and you've repeated the phrase. I don't sell myself very much. You've uh, Mr. I don't accomplish a whole lot of shit. You've done a lot of shit, my friend. I feel I don't. Okay, so I, I, this is not <laughs> like I don't want anyone like any anybody any promoters or anything getting hot because I don't feel like that. It's not an indication on them. It's not. It's more on me. Right. Like, so a couple like I, I I do like yearly goals. Like I think everyone does, you know. But I do goals like like I, like realistic. So one of the goals I had last year was to 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 do something with the WWE. You know. Right. So it, lo and behold, like. And I said to myself, "It's wow, like we're freezing towards the end of the year, and nothing was happening." I go, "Fuck, like I'm not getting anything," and I get an email. I get to do some extra work with the WWE. So that was one of those things where long term, obviously, is to to work for them as a performer, as to, you know, whatever. To be an everyday workhorse for exactly. Them, right? um, but the thing is, even with what all the stuff has happened in the last couple months, I. It's not. It's not an indication on on the promoters or, or any of the stuff that I've done in the past. I just feel I haven't done. You know, like I feel when people, when some of the younger guys are like, "Oh man, you're doing great right now," or, or people are like, "Oh, you're, I see your name all over the place." I go, "Really? You do?" Like, it's it's weird to me, you know, because yeah. I go, "I I think there's more to be done." You know that, but that's that's the attitude I I want to always have. I don't want to stop until I I can't anymore. You know what I mean? Like physically mm-hmm. or whatever, mentally, I can't do it anymore. But like that's what keeps me going. That keeps me motivated because I f- I don't feel like I've I've done the best. I, I don't I don't feel like you've seen the best of me. You know. Well, listen. You know, whenever you get hungry and you eat, eventually you get hungry again. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it has to keep moving. You have to keep progressing. You have to keep evolving to the next level and wanting to accomplish different things. Uh, we were speaking earlier about your history and all these different promotions, and I want to spend a little bit of time right now talking about. You in particular. One of the things that I always loved about you, uh, there's two things. We'll get to the second. The second one is my more favorite of the two, but let's talk <laughs> about the first. Uh, your ability inside the ring. Now, you already said that you're not exactly the biggest guy. You're not. But I've seen you go in there with similar-sized gentlemen. I've seen you go in there with supremely large gentlemen, and the style changes, and the work changes, and your cell changes, and every facet of what you do uh, changes depending on w- what you're doing there. You're one of those wrestling chameleons. You can go in there and just kind of figure it out. Uh, I've seen you go in there with ropes breaking and figuring it out. I've seen you go in there with oh, uh, yeah, all kinds of <laughs> shit going down, and you always just manage to figure it out. I've always thought of you, and I'm not blowing you because you're here. It is you're no, here no, because I, of I what I'm. You, you. I'm not blowing you because you're here. You're here because of what I'm about to say, <laughs> and that is, is as a promoter. Or as a booker, I have to have faith 
that when I put a talent out there, he's not going to make me look stupid and that he's going to be safe. And you're one of those few guys that I know that it doesn't really fucking matter on the card where I put you. It's going to be a guaranteed thumbs up type situation. So that's from the promoter side, from you, from the inside, from your frame of thinking. Where in your career did it finally click? Oh, I can. I'm really good at this. Like, I, I, like, where did that? Because uh, the timing, where you find yourself in the ring. I mean, just this is all happening in the ring as it happens. Your confidence level when you're in the ring shows. So where, who, how did that? Where did when did it finally click? Okay, yeah, I feel very comfortable right now. Man, it took me forever. It took me way too many years to get comfortable. <laughs> no, like I'm telling you, like uh, other than the fact that I didn't, I didn't schmooze or schmaz or whatever the right people to get ahead, right. and I didn't do certain things to get myself ahead. I didn't politic, you know. Mm-hmm. I still don't because I could care less about that. Like, um, I think my lack of confidence for years was so detrimental. I mean, there's a reason why people are starting to hear about me now is because for years I wasn't confident in myself. I, I thought I was the shits and I thought I sucked. I actually think we as as I mean, friends I, and say, promoters were more confident in you than you were in yourself. I, I totally agree, but I also have to thank you and I'll, I'll give you utmost props and respect because you were one of the guys that really helped me see the value of myself because – I didn't, you know what I mean? Like that's it's funny because I didn't, and and and, and we used to talk about your matches like right after it happened. We'd be in the back, and you'd be like, "What did you see? Like, what was yeah, I like, yeah. bro? Like, uh, I'm not seeing too many flaws <laughs> here." Because I get that shit all the time. Yeah. Uh, even now, I haven't worked a show in over a year. But you see and a I lot get of messages. You can see. I get messages from people. They're just like, "Here, look at this match, and just tell me what you see." Yeah. And I tell people all the time on my podcast, and I tell them in person. Do not ask me that question unless you absolutely <laughs> want to hear what I see. Now, that's not an excuse for me to go and kill a guy. If yeah. I see cool shit, I will. I always do both. It's I'll give you the cool shit. I'll give you the bad shit. I'll never, ever grab a video and go, God, you're the fucking shit. Unless there's literally nothing good in this video. And that's <laughs> I, I will th- be thankful in saying that's never happened. But, it, I mean, I've seen some wrestlers where I'm just like, don't even, don't even ask. Just yeah. go about your business. And, and I don't even want to hear it though, because they're no, like that's no, they, they don't want to hear. They don't really want to know. They just want you to fluff them. They yes, want you to be yes. like, oh man, even if it's vague. Oh, dude, good stuff, good stuff. And that's all you gotta say, and just walk off. Good stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good, good job out there, man. Like I they don't used to really do want too though, but I stopped doing that now. Like I, I like look, I didn't really get to watch the match, but I will watch it if you want me to. Yeah, like that, like because it doesn't do anybody like service, man. You're not doing anyone any favors. You're not like yeah, you're gonna win brownie points for people, but the problem is with that is like, it just you're feeding an ego and you're feeding yeah. like somebody who doesn't know any better. So you to hurt them, yourself. You're not credible. Yeah, you're only hurting you're your own credible. credibility, right. in my opinion. So I'll watch a 30 minute video, and if the worst thing I see is your hand and foot was in the wrong place, I'm gonna tell them your hand and your foot was in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. When you took that flat bump, your arms were all the way out of here. What the hell are you doing? You're gonna get stepped on. Or when you took the when, when you got you know when you locked up and he took the head, what the fuck was your foot doing over here? That's why when he pushed off, you couldn't get here. And da 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 da. So it's like for you, like when we used to have our conversations, a lot of it wasn't really ever about like negative shit about oh you you fucked this up or you should have really seen this coming most of the time when we have a conversation is shit we had an opportunity to do this and we missed it like yeah. we, like this bump happened and and we didn't count on that but fuck i really should have capitalized and did this whereas like we always had conversations about how to make it better 
Like yeah. We never really had situations where it was like, oh, that was the shit. You know? I think that's important, too, because, I mean, even now, it's just one of the things where you kind of want to continue to do that. Like, I'll, I'll ask... You know, it's hard because Azrael's normally the main event in ECWA, but he's a guy that I'll, I'll say, hey, man, can you see... Like, what do you think? And, like, he's a guy that I count on. And, um, you know, like, you get to see a lot of wrestling. As an announcer, play, you see everything because you're out there for most of the show. I'm so, you know, the whole show. you know, yeah, and you yeah, see exactly. way more than I'm going to see. Uh, but I think it's one of those things where... As far as when I got that confidence, man, I would say that would be in the last two years where I've started. You're to, really cooking now, basically. Yeah, because saying, yeah. I didn't have it, you know, and I, I wish. Am I, I talking out of school? Do you physically feel right now that you can get in there with basically anybody and just I, turn it shit, up? Shit, Chase Owens at Super 8. <laughs> I mean, a guy from New Japan, he's part of the Bullet Club. I don't think when they put that match together, and, I, and, and those guys can uh, – Say I'm wrong, and that's fine. I mean, I, I this this is my mentality. Right. I don't think that in their mind they said that Mike's gonna hang with a guy like that. Right. I don't know why, because I've hung up with plenty of because that's you dudes. kicking but, yourself in the ass. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was one of those things where, um, their only I, expectation was that you didn't make him look stupid. Yeah. That was and what then, you then, thought. You were just like, as long as I don't he, go in there and fuck up, I win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he ended up advancing anyway, so whatever. Yeah. But the thing is, um. I don't get nervous really about like matches because I, 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 to me it's like I just want to go out there and just put on the best pop show, give people the memories. Some obviously, like, yeah, of course, you know. But like I for the Super Eight man, I will say that week, dude, I was a mess, man. Like I was nervous, bro, because of. <laughs> but is that more Super Eight or more Chase? I think you were really Super Eight. No, was the big I didn't know. I didn't know I was wrestling Chase till day of. Till day of, okay, all right. Yeah, so they don't tell just, you. Yeah. Don't tell you who you're wrestling until day of. Just probably don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was nervous because. The 15, 16-year-old me was now thinking about where I had been and where right. I was going. So to me, it was like the insecurities and the, the depression and the, you know, and just the thought process of a young me was like now thinking, getting in my own head, right. like, shit, am I really ready? Am I like, because at the end of the day, this stuff gets covered by PWI, the magazine. Yeah, of course, and, and, religiously, yearly. And, 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 yeah. and. You know the expectations are high. Like it's their it, that's their top thing. That's their top show of the year, uh, no matter what. Like their anniversary show is a big show, but that that is like what brought them to the dance. This is a super eight. Super eight. Yeah. So, you know, to me, I was like, I, I gotta be on all, you know, cylinders. I can't. I cannot afford to make anything look bad. And, you know, I, I'll say it, and I'm pretty sure some of the fans in the front row and the camera may have caught it, uh, Richard Ruiz, uh, but. When when I got pinned, I, I fucking started bawling. I started crying. It was a common a combination of a lot of things. It wasn't because of I, I think Chase thought either one or two things. I think Chase thought either he fucking like killed me, or he thought that I probably was like hot about like no man like hot whatever. to the point of crying. Yeah, never. <laughs> um, it this was, guy's it was furious. He's bawling his eyes out. Yeah, right. It was a couple of things. Uh, it was this fact that I. My friend Spiral, you know, BKNY, he was a ZZW. He wrestled in ZZW. He was an OVW guy. Like, he right. went to OVW and trained there for years. Um, well respected in this area, by the way. Yeah. When he passed, it was a Yeah, a he big passed deal, away yeah. in December. Yeah. December, yeah. And then I, him and I would always talk about doing the Super 8. Like, one of us. But if, to be honest with you, if, there were, if the, at that point when we were talking, you know, if, any, if you were to have picked, then it, he was the guy that was going to be picked of the two, for the Super yeah, 8 yeah, because yeah. he was so 
incredibly talented. He was in great shape. I mean, he could do every fucking flip move you can think of. I mean, just he was such an innovator. He Wasn't innov- he the one that did that uh, that moonsault clash? The, Unfortunately, uh, yeah. he did the moonsault clash <laughs> that knocked out poor uh, Mike Seidel, uh, Matt yeah. Seidel's brother. Um, just the balls to take that. I mean, like, how do you pitch that? <laughs> it's like, dude, he. Even uh, when I saw that, thing. I go, oh, "That's the move I'm not taking." Yeah, word. He was uh, like, oh, Jesus. I took the, the one the Styles clash into the somersault thing. Okay, that was dreadful. I took that twice, and it it put me out. It didn't, <laughs> both times. <laughs> one, it flash knocked me out one time, and the other time it gave me a concussion so bad that I had to sit out of training because I felt like I was gonna throw up all the place. Like, Jesus Christ! But I mean. And, Survived again, another one. That yes. was my boy, man, and 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 I loved him, and and I know that we spoke about it. We used to speak about it so much about doing the Super Eight, and every year we like. I know he was sending stuff in because I didn't have the confidence to send my stuff in because right. I didn't think I was that good. So like you know, from the Kettner administration to the Tartaglia, yeah, I think he, you know, after he went to ZZW, I, I think he stopped because I don't know. Just, he was doing OVW, then not, you know he got injured. Of course, he, he became a paraplegic. But he passed away in December, and then AJ's mom. You know, I, I know we didn't want to get into it, but AJ's mom passed away um, only a few weeks ago. AJ, if you're listening, I was trying hard not to say. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and but it, it led so because he saw me. He was there. He managed me, so yeah. he saw me yeah. like bawling. It was a combination of that and the fact that it was such a long journey for me that. Yeah. That I had reached a one of my goals in wrestling, you know what I mean? Like, absolutely, it, it wasn't yeah. through ass kissing, it wasn't through like politicking, it wasn't through name dropping, it wasn't telling, putting shit on Twitter about like like I know a lot of these clowns do now, where they're like, uh, oh, I should have a match with at so and so, just to I I should have a match with at John Cena the, the wish list or at when, the Rock or the wish yeah, list. When, nah, yeah. man, like my wish list is to go in there and wrestle everybody, whether you're good, bad, with the best in the world. And just have the best possible like match, you know what I mean? Like that's I don't have a wish list, I'm, and I'm not on anybody's wish list, or I'm not anybody's list. I, it doesn't I don't lose I don't lose a microsecond of sleep over it. Right. I do this because I love this wrestling business. Uh, I love, despite the fans that the fact that the fans might not necessarily like me all the time. I do it because I love to entertain the fans. I like to create the memories for them. Um, and but that for me was that was my memory. You know mm. what I mean? That was the 17 year old kid that. Never believed he was able to do anything. That doubted himself every day. That cried himself to sleep because um, he saw the guys that he came up with move up, and he couldn't do it. You know that was that was my moment. Finally, yes, absolutely. Listen, I I identify with that so fucking much because I had a similar situation. I had a um, I've only had one, but it was an amazing situation. I, I had a match in Texas. And when that match was over, like for me to have been the kid here in New York, always wanting the dream to travel the road and hit yeah. the big show, like you know, you've traveled around a lot, but I only really—I mean, the distance-wise, that was the farthest I've ever been. I mean, Texas. So yeah, <laughs> and, and it was in Texas. So yeah, it's like yeah. it's a big wrestling town and all that stuff, and and to have that match and then to win, you know. So it was like uh, it was just a huge moment, and I had a little bit of a missed moment. I did. I'm not gonna lie. People, <laughs> couple people in the front row were kind of concerned at first because they were just like, "Are you alright?" I'm just like, "Leave me alone, man." I need this. Just, I need yeah, this just to give me this one moment, okay? Because I'm about to get in a car and drive a very long way. So just how long was that trip? It's a 27. Dr- if you go straight, okay. it's 27 hours going there, and then it's 27 hours going back. So like the show Saturday. So you're like, we're leaving Friday morning. We get there for the Saturday. We get there Saturday afternoon. Yeah. We do the show, and we're back in the car Saturday night, and we get in like late Sunday, mo- Sunday morning. Like, so, 
I did, I did. But I won. So I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a, it was a it was an amazing opportunity. We, we did it uh, with a few friends and and just to be in Texas and around those people and exposed to a whole new audience and yeah. people. I mean, I did that show in 2013, and there's people downloading my episodes now from the people who met me that day. Wow! So like, you know, that awesome. relationship always stayed. The flyer is still up there. As a matter of fact, right here on my wall. Uh, just an amazing situation. So I identify with that completely, one hundred percent. I mean, for two people like us who just who go through all the bullshit and still care, yeah, like that's yeah, still man. a huge, huge fucking deal. But the second part, the first was the in ring stuff. The second part, and you already hit on it toward the end. Perfect segue. So thank you. You're a professional. You're a natural at this whole podcast. <laughs> but entertainment, yeah, entertainment. You're a pretty entertaining motherfucker when it comes to being inside that ring. You you do the one thing that uh, I always I always. I praise people for all the time when I go to schools and I go to training because it's the one thing you can't teach, and that's the instinct for facials, yeah. facials, body language, taking the bump, and not just staying in that T until he pins you and just the flopping around and and the art of doing it without being a clown, not like not like all loosey goosey, but finding that gray area to put the move over, put the guy over. Facials during submission holds. I mean, the small knickknacky stuff. You mentioned the props, the the the, the protein and the barbell coming to the ring, yeah. and that not just attacking the front row, but trying to really piss off that third and fourth yeah, row, man. like right there. Like they your attention to detail, <laughs> your attention to detail when it comes to everything curtain to curtain is another thing of mine. That's my absolute favorite because it's the stuff you can't teach. I tell guys all the time before their matches. Please don't forget that there's an audience there because there's something that happens in people's brains when they go from the curtain to the ring, they're on it. The gimmick's working. And then when the bell rings, it just goes away. They go into their choreography and they're not worried about all the other shit. And then the bell rings again and the match is over and all of a sudden they're a gimmick again. There's something to be said about going curtain to curtain. Every single second that you're out there, you're in that mode. So talk to me about that kind of preparation because you've evolved over time. Your gimmick has changed yeah, a yeah. little bit each time. And for each time that you evolve, you never manage to lose track of all that extra stuff. So talk to me about because that preparation. Because here's the thing. Like, well, and that's why you know, I can be appreciative of like promo- when you know you promoters like yourself, you know, when you, you used to promote, like I don't want to like, like, yeah, don't get that shit started because yeah, I'll get, get started, emails like a like, motherfucker. Yeah, I'll, I'm not I'll, promoting I'll talk to you anymore. About that later. <laughs> yeah, I'm not promoting anymore. No, no, I'm just no. talking but about when, you know when you did promote. You know, like yeah. I think the people who have promoted me, like that's the one thing I didn't want to change because to me as a fan, I like the guy who's in my face. I like the guy who's like vocal. Like they like the vocality. But to me, it was like. I used to watch it. I used to watch a lot of the older Ring of Honor stuff. And right. those dudes were doing all this crazy shit. But nobody, like, the crowd would be shitting on some of these guys. Yeah. It happened a lot of ZZW, too, in some of the best of the best tournaments, where the crowd was like, and I'm like, why is nobody fighting back? Like, dude, yeah. like, hold off for a second. I got to, like, rip this guy apart real quick. Yeah. Not, like, the entire match. Just get your point across and go back it. Like, to me, it is, it's one of those things where there's so much now into the, that gets put into the matches that sometimes the guys lose track of it, you yeah, know? Absolutely, um, yes. I, I, just, it, I never want to lose that. It pisses that. me off so much, yes. <laughs> because I think that's what set me apart. I think that's what promoters are starting to see, right. is that, oh, well, this guy can wrestle in the ring, and he's reliable, and he can put on a match with these guys, whatever, you know, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent, but he also can entertain. But that's what you have, you have to... You can no wrestling has evolved now where you can no longer be just 
the best. Like, there's, dude. Look at the WWE roster. Look at New Japan's roster. Look at Ring of like. If you look at all these guys, there's so much talent in all of that. That you know, in all those different uh, organizations, that you call yourself the best wrestler doesn't really mean much anymore. You know, there are a lot of amazing wrestlers out there. There are a lot of legitimate wrestlers out there. Yeah, the physical talent right now is some of the best we've the ever had ever. Yeah, going up, man. Like for every guy. That says they're a great wrestler. There's a Matt Riddle. There's a, you know, there's, there's I mean, that day he's, he's part WWE, part uh, uh, indie. I would say a guy like Pete Dunne, you know, he's a European champion. Uh, UK, 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 sorry. UK champion. Please sorry. don't get us bombed over here. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, reckless speech. But you have, you have uh, so much talent out there that you have to be that combination now. You got to be the entertainer that can go out there. And I think... The guys, the promoters that don't get me or don't get what I do, uh, and even some of the fans, they see the barbell, they see like, oh my god, they see the picture, and they're like, oh, this is this is a, it's a comedy act, and you know, wrestling, wrestling needs to be serious. No, believe me, motherfucker. When I get in the ring, yeah, it will be. I get on. Yeah, I'm just I. It, I used to look at some of the guys in Pride. Like I remember when uh, Alistair Overeem used to come out with the big hammer, uh, the Thor hammer. You know, but oh, they didn't yeah. mean that it, when that dude didn't come, that belt in the ring, he wasn't going to fuck you up. Like, that's the thing. And I think stylistically, I have changed. But I've changed because um, for a while, I think I was doing more of, like, the funny stuff because the people. Were I remember the protein thing getting involved a lot in the matches back <laughs> in the day. Yeah. So, so. And the I, last match I called for you, you did the barbell spot. Uh, you don't do the barbell spot very often. I know. No, I don't. You did it with Stan, but Stan's kind of a comedy yeah, yeah. Kind of a funny guy too. You work so to the attributes out. of the guys. There's a couple things you, you work towards. The attributes. Still of the best match of that entire show. <laughs> it was so great. The and the fact that the ceiling was so, was so low was like one of those. Yeah, you limited, like, right? It was yeah, very, exactly. So you can limit that, you know. Like, um, but you know, to me, is like you, you, the hook is is the character, you know. Right. But when you see what I can do in the ring, it's a totally different thing. And and I appreciate that you and, and I'm starting to see that because. I, well, it took you long enough, fucker. Yeah, I've been saying it for fucking Lord, years. Man. Jesus I, I Christ, like, I hate friends like you. I really do. Yeah. I have never <laughs> in my life had a confidence issue. I, I, every time I and, and I think I think that's why I get chosen to do that particular job all the time, whether yeah. it be commentary or more importantly, ring announcing. Because for ring announcing, you're out there the whole fucking show. Yes. And 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 shit's going on in the back, and things are changing. Changing. And even though there's shit that changes when you're already in the ring announcing, you'll yes. announce a match, and they'll be like, "No, wait, no, send the guy out. Right, we're, we're on. The, we're on. The, the, we have to do the tag match next." So, you know, Is that the most botched yeah. spot you think? The music. I think uh, the music is the most botched spot in all of wrestling. Well, here's here's the funny part about that. If you have a ring announcer in the ring who's easily rattled, uh, it becomes bigger than it really should be. Yeah. Because in all fairness, the music thing is very difficult to do. Um, I've done it. My wife has done it. The music, the music is. It, it has to be on point. It has to be on key. Yeah. You're doing one song, and then the next guy's song, and then you have to cue the winner song, and then if there's a run-in, you have to play that. It, it yeah, gets yeah. very convoluted. So I can understand that. Sometimes I think ring announcers don't help the cause because then they'll either just sit there, literally a dead silence for the next ten minutes. Oh, you can see in their face. And you can see in their face that. And then, like the worst thing you can do is like the fans turn. And they're like, oh, boo. And then the ring announcer's like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, he gets on board with the shitting of the yeah, music yeah. guy. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> so 
like I like me like like in the few shows um, for FTW that we used to do, like yeah. back in the Deer Park show, with their their music situation was always very off. So I would I would either joke with the audience or converse with the audience. I would do a bunch of shit until I get that big thumbs up from the curtain. Yeah. And then I flew right back into it. I was always good with rocking with it. Uh, yeah, but I, mean, I could I, see. I say that you were very yeah. good. But again, I'm awesome at everything. That's why it's like, I've never, you know what's funny? Funny story. I've never, I can go to a fucking show right now and I can, I can, I would rock the shit out of it. I never get nervous like that. Yeah. You know the only time I've ever been re- uh, nervous at a wrestling show ever in my entire life? I wasn't even working it. I went to, when I went to WrestleMania, for some oddball reason, when it's I got off anxiety. that train or WrestleMania 29 when it was at uh, Giant Stadium, yeah. for some reason, when I sc- my ticket got scanned and I started walking in, brother, my heart was fucking pounding. Like I don't really? know, I can't really put into words what it was. I got into my got seat. In I, I I got into my seat and we're talking, we're doing the whole deal, and it, like they count you down uh, after because the pre-show keeps time on yeah. on the bottom screen. And as you get closer, like the pre-show is wrapping up, but in the building, um, we don't we don't cut away. We're yeah. in the building, yeah. so the countdown doesn't go anywhere. So like it got down to like the last thirty seconds, and I'm not gonna lie, I started fucking hyperventilating. I'm like, really? this is That's real, amazing. bro, because I I don't know. I guess because at that point I had already been doing shows, yeah. and I always get hyped for the shows. The close as soon as the promoter goes, all right, start the show. Like get out there. And I'm like I'm ready to go. So like. 80,000 people around me. I'm yeah. like, oh, shit. Like, I wasn't doing anything, but it was like the one time at a wrestling show I legitimately just looked and went, give me that beer for a second. I'm freaking out over here. I needed a fucking, I needed a timeout. And I said, oh, give me the Iggy. I'll come back around yeah. second match here and, and I'll figure this shit out. Uh, we're coming close to the end here. There's one more topic I wanted to hit with you before we go. And uh, it was the, talk to me about the Colossus situation. So you, oh, yeah. you, you're doing the colossal Mike Law deal, uh, you know, little guy, big gimmick type of deal, yeah. and you were channeling your inner nerd one day, well, yeah. and uh, you got some gear made, and you were doing the whole Colossus deal. You were dressed so, very similar. Is that what it was? Okay, it was too so, similar? It was exact? How did this work? I don't know the, the legalities of it. Were you uh, cease and desisted here? Um, I was just told that I couldn't wear that gear. Uh, so what happened was, so Evolve... Uh, and Tier One at the time, okay. uh, Dennis Long, uh, they ran they ran a show like, it like it was a Tier One was the opening show for Evolve on on WWN. I think it was a pay I pay per view whatever, and um, I I don't think Dennis was a fan because Dennis for and people shit on Dennis and and rightfully so. I mean he's he can be a, a total goof, uh, but he he was he did see what. Guys like you saw, and what other promoters either see or don't see in me. Like he, I will say that about Dennis, and it's it's weird because like I would never have thought that like he would have gotten it, but he got like my whole state. He got why people think I'm as good as I am, uh, thankfully. So he he put me in a scramble match with a Gran Akuma. Um, I think Just Neff was in it. I want to say uh, Black Baron. Uh, who are the other two guys? Oh, those two other guys. Now here comes the heat. Yeah, the heat. <laughs> You've been so good at avoiding it I up know, until this I point. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I got kicked. In all fairness, I got legit, like, like stomped, like, fucking, like, jacuzzi kicked out of my boots by Darius Carter this last Saturday. Um, I did pay him back, so we're, it, we're nice and Receipt even. Receipt City. There you go. Yeah, so, 
Um, shit, I want to say it was one of the guys from. Uh, gosh. Uh, Moving on. What happened in the whatever? Match? I mean, I'm, <laughs> I apologize, guys. You can tweet out guys. the other two guys, but yeah, you forget. Nutrius, Nutrius X. Yes, it was Nutrius. Oh, that's why you couldn't remember. Okay. <laughs> no, I like Nutrius. I'm fucking with him. He's cool. I'm cool with Angel. Uh, yeah. So, so it was Nutrius X, me, Black Baron, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So right. we're in that match, and uh, and Gran Akuma. And uh, they're all dressed up in their gear. I come out and I have, like, I was like, okay, this is gonna be cool. Like, they're gonna get it because they're wrestling fans. Like most wrestling fans, like, like have seen a comic book in their fucking life. Yeah, of course. And Ethan Page got it. He's like, cool shit, man. Name dropping people. Yeah, that's me now. Uh, that's, that's my, my old friend, Ethan Page. Yeah, my, my good old friend, Ethan Page. <laughs> we, uh, you know, I, I once, uh, uh, you know, shared the same oxygen as, uh, as Leo Rush. I'm, so I I'm surprised. Uh, oh, friends. oh, oh, you said the same oxygen? Yeah. I've shaken his hand. Well, well I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. We, we got that far in our, in our friendship. And he well. asked me, he asked, <laughs> for some odd reason, I'm sitting with the goat and I'm in a suit because yeah. I was managing at the time and he asked me for tape. Woo! I don't know why. I was like, that was. I just looked at him and was like, you seem like the guy I have, who have three the other assholes here, <laughs> literally taping at the moment. <laughs> like you're asking me for the tape. I guess I don't think he wanted to ask Ray's what it was. Maybe not. Man, okay, Ray's could be a little intimidating. Yeah. Uh, so so we went in there and uh, I had my gear and dude, I just Dennis did not look happy about it. I don't. I I think he didn't like that. He didn't like the idea that I was trying to portray myself as a character. He's like, I want you to be more serious, but like. I took I, – I will say that I – even though I did have a really – and I felt – and a lot of people put me over a fantastic performance that night. I think that the cartoony, like, gimmick of me right. coming out with – I think that hampered it. I definitely think it did because the gear didn't look good on me. It looked – I mean, it was like – it was – it just wasn't the size of it. It wasn't that good on me. It was funny because for 2KW – when I had you booked in 2KW, I specifically asked. And I didn't bring for it. The, no, but you had told me a little bit of this in yes, your explanation. Yes. And so you were like, oh, I'm gearing away from it because of this, this, this. So well, I, I was like, all right, we whatever. Were, but Okay, so. Because I just find it funny. He was like, no, I don't like it. But me, I was like, dude, bring <laughs> that gear with you. Yeah, yeah. Because my audience would have fucking loved it. It was a different flavor. But, okay, so here's the deal. So I was told. And if you haven't fucking told me this, but uh, they're like, look, that's really close. Like, you're not like you're actually wearing the colors of the character. If you would have been an like off a, like color, a, like a cosplay deal. Where yes. Like, if right. you would have been an off color, but the thing is, you're on also performing on an eye pay per view that people are paying money, right, to go see. It's close. So right. that is where you could find yourself getting in trouble because there's monetary value going into the show itself. They may not pay the fucking cent to see you. Who cares? Right. But the fact that you were on the show. And there was it's, money being it's, made. It's grounds, right? That's yeah. grounds for them to be like, oh, well, that guy's wearing gear. He's not a cosplayer yeah, anymore. Attempt to sell somebody else's yeah. likeness, right? Yes. Exactly. And so I had to quickly go, oh, it's gone. I mean, I sold it on eBay for a good amount of money. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Whoever that fan was that bought it. Thank Let you. him deal with the iPay-Per-View people. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think I wore that suit maybe twice. And I was after that, I stopped wearing it. Oh, you It too, wasn't so comfortable either. It was a- maybe somebody in Japan did it. <laughs> All right, so we're getting toward the end here. Listen, uh, has this been an enjoyable uh, been situation amazing. for I, you? I, I could, we could go another five hours. I told time. you, man. People, when you come into the house <laughs> of old, man, people just fucking let go. They just, they just the open couch, up. It's a couch. It's comfortable. <laughs> we're getting rid of these fucks soon. So. Uh-oh. 
Well, been, we've I literally had these guys for like eight years. Okay. Yeah, and I've had some pretty large wrestlers sleeping on that shit. This shit's beaten up. Who's the biggest person you've had sleep oh, on the same Dude. Um, Ray's probably. No, no, he's never slept over my house. What? Uh, I had an, uh, an old wrestler buddy of mine. His name was Josh. He's 320. Wow. And when we came back, uh, he was on the, he slept, it was a drinking night, you yeah. know, and he was on the couch. He's out. Didn't move around a whole lot. I just, I think it was just a sheer size. Yeah. That's a pullout. So what happened was is he was laying out it and the springs and everything and the thing it dented in oh, and we yeah. couldn't get the fucking pull out. That's gotta be like that's gotta be like, with that with that pull out that's gotta be a weight. So we had that's a warranty on it, so the guy had to come and literally change the whole thing out and it really? was a whole deal. Yeah. Cool. So ever since then there was been like a, a weight limit on sleepovers. <laughs> we have a weight limit on sleepovers. Yeah. No more than two fifty. <laughs> no more. Than, if I gain too much weight, I can't sleep on the couch. Yeah, fair enough. I gotta go. I gotta go. At break. least, it's, at least it, it, it's a rule for everybody. It's yeah, yeah exactly. Myself included, because <laughs> I'm not paying. Because we only got a warranty for one shot, so I'm not doing it again. Got it. So that, and plus, we've had it for so long, I don't even think the warranty even fucking exists. <laughs> so this is the portion of the interview, folks, where I hit him with the nine rafts. This is it. This is this is the most important moment of anyone's <laughs> life. Uh, including yours, sir. Nine rafts, nine random as fucks. For those of you downloading previous episodes, you know how this goes. Mike, you were told before we went on the air exactly how this goes. I'm nine questions that are random as fuck. Guaranteed none of these fucking questions have ever been asked to you on a wrestling podcast ever, ever, ever in your entire life. And we're going to come right out of the gate with a softball. We're going to lob one to you here. This is an easy one. You drive around a lot. Yeah. Okay. As a matter of fact, you drove here. Yes, yes. <laughs> Automatic or stick? What is your preferred method here? Straight automatic. up. Automatic. Automatic. You're yeah, an automatic know, guy. Yeah? You know. Kind of you don't Vin Diesel it on the no, way on the highway. Kind of embarrassing. I don't know how to drive stick. <laughs> hey, I don't know. I don't okay. know how to drive stick. <laughs> My wife's good at it though. Who? Bless of a man. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Explain to the ladies out there what does a first date look like with Mike Law? Shit. Um, they they may want to like. I would like to go somewhere like. Uh, random, you know what I mean? Like, grand, I don't like doing the same. Like, I don't understand going to, to a movie. Like, why meet somebody, go be silent for two hours? <laughs> the fuck? I want to talk. I want to do something. I, I say, like, let's go out for dessert, man. Like, I'm a big, like, I, you know, despite the fact that I'm in pretty decent shape, I like to eat, like, a lot. There you so go. Let's, like, Keep let's, the metabolism let's just going. Go, let's just go somewhere and pig out, man. <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you name a venue for a first date where you just, like, that'd be a cool oh, first date? man. Uh, there's there's uh, Martha's uh, Courtyard over in Bayside. I think it's Martha's Bakery. Sorry, Martha's Bakery Courtyard in Bayside has some of the best desserts ever, and their coffee's insane. Oh, sponsorship opportunity out there, folks. Yeah. He's shouting you guys out over there at Martha's. Number three, the one toy Little Mike regrets not receiving for Christmas. Um. I'm pretty sure it was like a version of, uh, oh, the AWA ring. AWA had a ring. A I toy th- ring? Yes. I kid you not. I broke mine. My brother. <laughs> so my, you wanted another one for Christmas? My fucking brother, stepped, my older one, stepped over the turnbuckle, and the, the turnbuckles, the corner posts were made out of wood, and he broke the thing. Oh. And I was like, dude, that ring, the AWA rings, please look them up. We're amazing for the time frame. They were, they were shit. They were like little wood, and the corners are made out of wood. What, a wooden, and, a wooden but, wrestling ring dude, for a toy. Dude, they're steel cage. They're steel cage. Look how came, excited you are right now talking ooh, about this boy. ring. Their steel cage that came with the ring had a little fucking padlock in there. They could like hook it up, and like I, I was the guy that I played with the freaking toys over. Like I put my arms over the cage. They, they had the little sticks. 
where you could put attach them to yeah. the back of the toys and then play with the you know play with the figures in the in the in the cage. No, no, fuck that. That takes some fun from me. I I like I was like I was washing dishes. <laughs> I would put my hand over the cage and I would play with the with the toys manually with the action figures. Jesus Christ! Suplex off the top of the cage. Hell yeah! Well, I, I wasn't at that point yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was booking. You weren't working fun. spots yet. Yeah. You were just. No, dude. It was all Greco Roman. Yeah, yeah. It was, was Greco Roman and it was punch <laughs> kick. I didn't know Jesus what any of that shit Christ. was. Question number four. That was little Mike. Take me to teenage Mike now. What is your go-to PlayStation game as a teenager? Okay. In that era. It wasn't... I didn't have PlayStation. I had either... Back when I had Nintendo 64. Uh, that was my fear when I made this. I was like, please don't let him be the one fucking kid from the 90s that didn't have a fucking PlayStation. I did not have PlayStation. Oh, Jesus. I, I was a nerd. I was a Nintendo You're a nerd. Guy. I was a Nintendo guy. And look at okay. Jake George on TV. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anyway, well, that's so, a dope show, though, by the way. <laughs> I would say Super Smash Brothers or Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat 2. Specific, okay. Two was good. Two was one. Two of was the... awesome. I think it was probably the one of the, up until the, like the last couple versions. That's probably the, my favorite one. Oh, okay. All right. So, question number five. This one's a this one's a little bit more difficult to answer because it's a little vague. Number five. If you had to relocate and you are allowed to pick where, but nowhere in the U.S., where would you move to? Guatemala. I lived Why there for the three fuck months. would you? Live I lived there for three months. Really? Yes. Guatemala. During my time away from wrestling, I, I in 2012 lived. You lived, lived in, in Guatemala? Guatemala. Yeah, long story, messy, <laughs> fucking messy, guys. You know, you guys don't know about it. Me. Was, it was it wasn't uh, a woman, was it? Uh, oh, fuck. Jesus so, Christ! <laughs> well, that brings us to number six. What year did you lose your virginity? Oh my god! And hopefully, it wasn't in Guatemala. <laughs> no, it was not. Thankfully. <laughs> Thankfully. Uh, because I, actually, I, I, no, actually, lady. actually, the virginity thing would have made sense you know, for Guatemala because it's like, like he wants it that bad. No, he dude, I was going through it. some times, brother. Hot times. So I, was what, through, <laughs> I was going through hard times when I lived in Guatemala. Uh, um, what year did you lose your virginity? Can you pinpoint exactly uh, what year? It's, I'm gonna, it's gonna make me sound like an even bigger like dude, but I don't give a fuck. I'm I'm old enough now. Uh, I was like 23 or 24. Yeah. Twenty three and twenty four. Okay. Dude, I was playing. I was I was playing with my toy, my wrestling. You're figures. such a prude. Hell yeah. That sentence started off with "Yo, I was playing with," and I thought you were gonna go. No, no. I I'll, thought you were gonna zig and you zagged. Yeah, figures. okay. I was playing with wrestling toys. I had like <laughs> Those were the true loves of his life. Yeah, or comic books. <laughs> comic books. <laughs> Dude, you, you were reading comic books. You didn't see Rogue and go. I gotta get me one of those. It never dawned on me, man. I was like, <laughs> I I matured so late in life. <laughs> Yeah, I'm saying you're, you're, you're just now getting your confidence, man. Yeah, yeah. Number seven, this one's gonna hurt. Oh boy, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Jessica Simpson, fuck Mary Kill. Uh, um, I'll say fuck. Uh, <laughs> dude, I was thinking. You know what's so weird? I was thinking about Jessica Simpson like this afternoon. So his I, answer is oh, fuck for Jessica Simpson. Oh, because Nick Lachey song that Nick Lachey song came on. The one he, when he got dumped by her when she fucked Johnny Knoxville. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, right, yeah. Yes. So I was like, whatever happened to Jessica Simpson? Jesus Gosh, Christ. she was gorgeous. She was gorgeous. God, I guess I would say. I, would, I guess I should preface this by saying all in their prime because uh, oh, yeah, to say yeah, it yeah, now yeah. would be. But now it's kind of weird. I don't know. It'd I don't be know kill what, all of them. I mean, fuck. You're a normal red blooded American for you. Shit, that's a tough one. I mean, uh, Brittany, I guess. 
She's kind of psychotic. I guess you could kill her. It was her. funny because when I came up with this question, we were, my wife and I came up with this yeah. in the car, and we were going over it, and no matter which way I went, for some reason, I kept killing Brittany. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I just feel like it's, it's, either, it's either one way or the other. You're either going to kill her or she's going to kill you. Because so, I'm assuming you got to fuck Jessica. Yes. Uh, but but then you wanted to continue. Fuck, No. Why, I, mean, I, I was going to say marry Jessica. I mean, the only person you're not continuing with is whoever you're deciding to kill. So who are you killing? Oh, uh, yeah, Brittany then, I guess. So then you're marrying Christina? No, you're fucking Christina. So then you're marrying Jessica? Oh, there's yeah. your continuous. Okay, yeah, so you're so marrying... Okay. Come now, on, man. Smash I'm thinking long-term here, Yeah. Daddy. Well, you're mature now, I can see, because now you're like, yeah, now I want yeah. continuous. <laughs> now that I have fucked, <laughs> I've seen... Yeah, now that I've seen the promised land... <laughs> I don't want to leave. <laughs> Fuck it. <Jesus. laughs> Guatemala. Oh, boy. So here we go. Number yeah. eight. The one WWE superstar current. You have to pick one WWE okay. current WWE superstar you would love to sit down and get advice from. Who's that one person you'd love to have a one-on-one with and just pick their fucking brain? Current roster member. Current. I mean, I mean, if they're on TV, like a current. Could I, current? I mean, currently active, yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, I'm sure you're not running over to Primo Cologne asking any fucking questions, but yeah. He followed me. I think, yeah, I think Epico, him or one of them followed me on Instagram. Well, then I take it back then. If they're going to support <laughs> the law, yeah. Yeah, really. Nah, I followed them back. Follow for a follow. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> follow for back. a follow. Yeah, Primo will get a follow for a follow. Yeah, Random ass Eric from Idaho. I don't know if yeah. I'm going to be following you. Yeah. You know what? For safety issues, sir. For safety yeah. issues. I can't follow you yeah. back. Yeah, just, you know, I don't um, want to get sued. Shit, man. Uh, there's so many guys. Um... I mean, I I would want to go with like a main event guy, just like an AJ Styles man, because like that's where like AJ because one he's been there and done that tenth. Like he's been he I mean he's been one of the most consistent performers in the industry in the last fifteen years, man. Like this from the time that he got into TNA to like New Japan to now, like. He's the guy just does not miss a step. You want to talk about better. evolution? Jesus Christ! You know I got laughed at. Uh, I think it was 2007. I think it was 2007. I, I, I was doing an, uh, an interview in 2007, and I remember I was asked, it was like, like, who are your top five all-time favorite guys? And at number five, I had AJ Styles. And they were like, what are you, fucking crazy? Like, AJ Styles? Because like, the other guys were like Mick and Ric Flair. And, yeah. like, and you put AJ in that group? I was like, yeah. And that was at 07. Yeah. So the guy who asked me that question, he came up. Uh, for last year's WrestleMania, and my because I have a party every year, except for next year because it's going to be here. So, yeah. but last year he came to my house for the party, and last year was uh, Shane and, and AJ Styles. Yes, that was so we're sitting, and they opened the show. So we're sitting in my living room, and that's the match that opens. I look over to him and I said, "Do you feel any different about laughing about me now? Yeah, like right? it's." I mean, he was no, yeah, you were completely right. Like somehow you knew before I even had an idea in my head. Like you took that one TNA guy. He's like, yeah, he's great. And I went, sure he is. And then all this sh- time later, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I will say that he's you know, pretty based fucking on his good. Style, like it's a miracle because stylistically. To the- oh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm actually relaxing now. Um, <laughs> sty- I said stylistically. Uh, for Styles, the fact that he's still able to do what he does yeah. is like a huge accomplishment. You know I, what I, mean? I like, hope I'm moving around like that in my 40s. Fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Last question, and this one, uh, this one will definitely get you heat if you get it wrong. No boy. Number nine, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? There it is. That look right there. 
Folks, he hissed, he closed his eyes in frustration. He's now scratching his perfectly gelled hair, trying to decipher what the right answer been, is. This, this, this gel, this hair has been like this for the last three days with sleep, folks. Oh, okay. there you go. Bam. That's how, much is, that's how much product is in there. Yeah. Yeah, this, it, it may have been well His be pillow fixed. has crystallized by now. There's not, <laughs> he can, break, like the, he can my, break a car window with his pillow right now. Yeah, really. <laughs> answer, um, answer the damn question. Hard truth um, here. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? There's one wrong answer and there's one um, wrong answer. But it, I feel it's going to create this. Is, out of all the things that's going to create controversy yeah, about this, this it's going to be this. This is where your character will be decided upon by the fans listening to you for the first time. They will be judging oh, you based it. on your character on the answer of this question. I know. It's I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. It's the only answer to have. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yes. For Christ's sake. It, this I, is a I'm Christmas sweating. Film. I'm actually sweating. Yeah, I know. And it's not <laughs> just because my air conditioning has been put in yet. I'm afraid to put in my air conditioner because even though it's 80 degrees right now, we it's can have yell, a, you know, we can have a Nor'easter like tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. So I don't care. So, yeah, there you go. He said yes on the hard question here. Those are the nine rafts, Mr. Law. Thank you so much for fucking being here. Now, when I put this video out, oh, I'm going to be advertising all of your social media stuff, but is there anything in particular you want to plug in the upcoming shows, anything you want to put out there uh, for people um, to get to follow you and pay attention to you? Because they should be. Just follow them in. I mean, like I said, all my information, I'm not, I'm not uh, a mute when it comes to promoting my, my shows that I'm going to be on. You know? Like I said, I'm looking to go back to IWMS South, make some noise over there and, and, and surrounding areas. Uh, ECWA this coming month. I'll be main eventing because I am the main event there you go. Uh, against the Boogeyman, which I'm like already Give thinking like what's that going to be like? Worms. Um, Worms. That's, that's all, what right? it's going to be like. Uh, and I can City. answer that for you right now. Um, Worms. I think Capital. We have Capital coming up uh, with our good friend Matt Ryan Shapiro in Connecticut. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on at Colossal Mike. At, yeah, Colossal Mike Law on Instagram, on Facebook. I mean, I've already met my. French friends uh, yeah. limit on Facebook, so what a shitty gimmick. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Oh, and buy my merch, man. Like my, my new shirt. Buy my merch. Yeah, I, mean, I bought his merch. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and um, these shirts are the most comfortable shirts. I'm not even lying because they're mine. But like, I made sure that they made these. Like, just you can sleep in them. You can go to the gym with them. You can do it. You can have sex with them if you want. You could. And your girlfriend will be looking at like my. I face. haven't fucked with your shirt on, but I've slept in it. <laughs> And, it's and, currently and, in the laundry bag. It needs to be reamped <laughs> over here. And I, I wore it. Uh, I wore it. I wore it because because the shirt that I bought was is you and the muscle and the yeah, muscle yeah. pose. So I thought it'd be a cool gym shirt, right? So I wore it to my track and field class, right? And I was like, yeah, this is gonna be awesome. And everyone's looking at the shirt, and they're like. They thought I was wearing a shirt with me on it. They were like, is uh, that supposed to be like a cartoon caricature? Because I'm fat, <laughs> right? So they're like, is that like supposed to be like some sort of irony that you have like this muscle guy? He's like, no. My friend has muscles, and he <laughs> made this shirt. And there was no way to explain the shirt without sounding gay. No, no. There was no way. Because no, no, the no. setting was just is not right. So if you guys out there, if you're going to rock the shirt at the gym, just know that it's coming. Rock it with pride. Yeah, yeah. But just know that you have to have the defense just in case. Well, you know, it's like the new ones. It's like my barbell is bigger than yours. Like, there you go. See, people can get go. that. You know? Like, yeah, I mean, it's understandable. It is. If you see my barbell, it's huge. It's a um, huge barbell. Then, uh, He's about to go shake it around the island of Manhattan right now. <laughs> and then we have, uh, you know, my, my I would say Mr. Uh, Sparkles uh, yes. inspired shirt, uh, which people got, thankfully. 
Uh, this is a three-quarter baseball sleeve one, which comes in pink, turquoise. I love the turquoise one. And gray sleeve. Uh, all available at Colossal Mike Law, period, bigcartel.com. There you go. I will have all of that available in the uh, description below for all of you guys if you don't want to actually take the time to go ahead and search. I did all the work for you. You should have uh, clickable links to all my videos down here in the description level. Once again, Mr. Law, Mikey, my boy, thank you for coming out here. I know you've got shit to do. I've held it too long as it is. So this is episode 33, Interview with Mike Law. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for liking. And thank you for enjoying. Have a good night. Listen to my daddy's soul. Or she's in the SMI.